if you don't know who this guy is already, man, I tell you, I have, I, I know that there are some like real. It's 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 strange to me to to see like the trolls between like the crypto sphere versus like the political sphere versus like the manosphere sphere, and I'll tell you, man, the the crypto sphere is a breed apart, man. <laughs> it's like you either love this guy or you hate this guy, and and I just uh, you know people are saying, oh, this is a bad look, roll. This is a bad look. And it's like you know how many times I've heard that that this is a bad look from you know from other people that I've had on on this show before, and I just want to I just want to give you uh, a, a a big shout out before. We uh, we even get started here because I'm so happy to have you on this show. I've never talked so little. Don't get used to it. <laughs> you want me to introduce myself? Yeah, go ahead. Just give us a quick one. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Hart. I have been in Bitcoin since I mined it for free at 50 cents each coin. Now they're $23,000. I called the top of the day back when the price was $65,000. Went down to $17,000 shortly thereafter. I gave away about half a billion dollars of free hex to Bitcoin holders exclusively. I'm doing the world's largest free airdrop to everybody that has any token on Ethereum, including Ethereum itself. I own the world's largest diamond. I own the world's fastest or rather quickest Ferrari and uh, the most expensive Rolexes ever made. I've got $10 million in Rolexes, $3 million in cars. I guess it's like 3.7 now, I think, but I'll have to check my math off stream. And what else? I write free self-help books. And my cryptocurrency invented called Hex went up in price 10,000x in under two years. And that's before staking it. If you staked it, you made a lot more than that. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Excellent. Excellent. I raised you know, $27 million for charity, too. For, yeah, I was yeah. just about to say, that's actually what I was going to say, is like a lot of the stuff that you're doing is you, you give a lot back. I, I, I warned everyone to take their coins off Luna. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I warned everyone to take their coins off of Celsius. Celsius. And, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on. Single-handedly raise the price of Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> Red Bull should pay me. Yeah. <laughs> you need endorsements. Um, okay. Uh, so, uh, Gary, like, what do we have for us? What, what do we want to get started with here as far as, like, questions and comments? Yeah, so I, I, ran, I ran a uh, Twitter space uh, earlier today, about two hours worth. Most of the community participated, people that are Olympic metal winners, people that are actors, people outside of this uh, community were asking questions. Uh, first highlight was what was Hex? Why did it do what it did? Is it over for Hex because that's a three-year-old product now? Uh, or what's next for the Richard Hart community? So first question is uh, really, what is Hex? Sure. So Bitcoin's, uh, Bitcoin went up from a penny to $69,000 a 690 million percent increase in about 12 years. And it tried to be a currency. It failed entirely to do that, but accidentally did something that's more valuable, which is store value. Store value is more valuable than payment network or cash. So for instance, uh, you know, a year or two ago, the statistics were that there was about $7.2 trillion in time deposits and only about $5 trillion of printed cash. And therefore, the market that Hex addresses, the time deposit market, is larger than the market that Bitcoin tried to address and failed. So we do payment better. We're more secure. Our price performance is vastly superior. We're up 250-fold versus Bitcoin since January 5th of 2020. And this is after a big dip. It was 750-fold. But, you know, in the bear market, everything tends to drop a little bit. So, for instance, Bitcoin dropped 75%. Ethereum dropped 85%. Hex dropped 95%. When these things get back up, which one do you think is going to get back up the fastest and the farthest? So, 
Hex's time deposit mechanic is Nobel Prize worthy, in my opinion, in that it's the first time people have ever locked up so much money for so long. The average stake length in Hex I used to brag about being 2.8 years, 3.8 years. Now I think it's seven or eight years now. When you have something that people buy, they don't sell, they lock it up for years and years and years, price tends to go up because it restricts supply, supply and demand. The demand greatly exceeded the supply and still does, or it depends on what time frame you're looking at. But, you know, after a massive dip, you know, a 10,000 X increase, even if you dip 90%, it only cancels out 10 X. So any 90%, you know, if you look at Bitcoin, it's done a bunch of 85% dips, but it's still up 690 million percent at the peak. And it's still up now, you know, two thirds of that or one third of that or some very large number. And thus, if you look top down and just look at dips, you're crazy because the majority of the chart is bottom up. The majority of the chart is up. Only occasionally do we do we do these down things. And I believe they're opportunities. You know, I think there's people that uh, sold their Bitcoin at 50 cents instead of buying it. I think there's people that sold their Bitcoin at 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000. And now the price is higher than that. So, you know, things that have product market fit, I think dips are opportunities. So when you talk about Hex, Ethereum, Bitcoin, these other crypto leaders, mm -hmm. why Hex is different than Bitcoin? I've heard well, of Bitcoin. Bitcoin's that, that a dumb rock. Asked. You can't do anything with it. It's like useless. You can buy it. You can hold it. If you lock it up, you don't get any interest. Uh, you know, the networks had two inflation bugs where they could mint as many free coins as they wanted. One, it did happen. The second was responsibly disclosed before somebody used it. And, uh, you know, you can't put stable coins on it. You can't do online on-chain exchange with it. You can't do time deposit. You can't, it just sits there and it's very expensive and it blows up the environment. Hex doesn't do that. You know, Hex has a very, very, very small environmental impact because we, pack the value of hex on top of blocks that are already being mined for the ethereum network anyway so we're just making the ethereum network more efficient by packing more value in the blocks that are already being mined and you know bitcoin <laughs> it, it uses so much electricity that they have to turn the miners off sometimes so for instance in texas uh they had to shut the miners off because people were going to have to otherwise turn off their air conditioners and turn off like the, the, their housing electricity because you know, it just wastes so much energy. And the more valuable the network gets, the more energy it has to waste to defend that value. Hex has none of these problems, which is why we outperform Bitcoin's price 250 fold. And it's due to less negative externalities and superior features. Now, Ethereum has is way better than Bitcoin. Um, it's just a different, it scales differently. So <clears throat> demand on Ethereum has to do kind of with, like for instance, Hex being on Ethereum helps Ethereum because we've unwrapped a lot of users to Ethereum. But now with Pulse Chain, which is our improved version of Ethereum, <clears throat> we won't really need to focus on unwrapping Ethereum users any longer. Or bring everybody out. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, is do you think after this dip, like that is, as far as Ethereum and Bitcoin are, are concerned, do you think Ethereum is going to be something that outperforms Bitcoin at least for a little while? For sure. I think Bitcoin up? will always be outperformed by Ethereum and mm. almost everything else that has product market fit. Mm. You can't find less gains in crypto. It, it took five years to get from, I mean, I guess you could really search. I could list you some coins that are even worse, but it's pretty bad. So it took Bitcoin five years to go from a 20K all-time high to a 69K all-time high, which is just a 3.5X. It's trash. Mm -hmm. A 3.5X when Hex went up thousands of X. And if you talk about from the COVID dip, you know, the COVID dip brought Ethereum down to 88 
and it brought Bitcoin down to 3,800. And then Bitcoin went up to 69K from 38, roughly a 20X. And then Ethereum went from 88 to 5,000, which is like, you know, 55X. And so do you want, it, it basically outperforms Bitcoin three to one from the COVID dip. And so why would you like, do you want more gains or less gains? And then Hex is up versus all those. You know, I think we're up 70X versus Ethereum and 250X versus Bitcoin. And I asked you this already, but I'm going to do it anyways publicly here. Like, you don't have a date for Pulse Chain just yet. Nobody knows when Pulse Chain comes out because the devs themselves don't know when Pulse Chain comes out. And they're the ones writing it. So it's like asking a writer when a book will be done. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck with that. Um, softwares, it's impossible to predict when software will be complete. You're just fooling yourself. You don't know. It's not, it, it, we're doing something that's never been done before. It's, it's hard. All right. Can, can you talk a little bit about, I mean, to everyone here, like not your keys, not your coins in terms of like, I know that's yeah, something sure. that in, in Hex we've been pushing for a long time to get control of your coins, but yep. you, you've been really the main one to be championing that, um, that whole moniker and stuff. Cryptocurrency was invented to get rid of counterparty risk. So what do people do? They're stupid. So they re-inject the counterparty risk. They give their coins to somebody else. So they try and pick up pennies in front of freight trains. Luna and Celsius come along and they say, hey, you can make yield. Just give us all your coins. And the idiots, they go and give them all their coins. And then they don't get their coins back. They freeze withdrawals. Oh, it's over. Sorry. Can't get your money back. Oopsie. Well, that's the opposite of why crypto exists. So in Hex, you hold your own keys. You mine your own yield. You mint your own yield. There's no middleman. No one can stop you. You don't have to beg anyone. It's just awesome. Um, it's what cryptocurrency was invented to do. It's put you in charge of your finances. And so if people would just listen to the good advice that I give, you wouldn't have to be part of one of these headlines that says, look at all the million dollars lost, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars lost in this hack, that hack, this shutdown, this bankruptcy, you know, I love that all these people have more followers than me. All the bankrupt guys, the losers that lost their <laughs> more money, they have more followers than me. Yeah. But I called the top on the day, designed a 10,000 X crypto, raised 27 million for charity. At dance better than them, Richard. But no one cares about that. Yes, apparently they do. <laughs> so like, it's the world's not fair. So I have to scream and yell and punch and push really hard mm -hmm. to try and save these people because otherwise they just don't hear the message. And I'm out here saving people, and they're out here destroying them. I'm trying to pick people out of the quickstand, and they're stepping on their heads. It's rough. <laughs> you are you were on a Kitco News. I, this was like the best quote from there, where you're like, you said, I think you you probably said this before, but you were like, ladies, liquor and leverage will get you wrecked. <laughs> Do you want to explain why that is? Late, ladies, liquor and leverage is how smart men go broke. It's a Charlie Munger quote, and I'm sure he got it from somewhere else, but but mm -hmm. quite, you know, basically, if you're smart and you work hard, you would think that you'd be more wealthy over time. But there's ways to lose all your wealth quickly. Um, divorces is one. Mm -hmm. drunkenness and gambling is another and leverage is just another form of gambling. Mm -hmm. So a gambling addiction and or a leverage addiction. So for instance, Michael Saylor took on leverage to buy Bitcoin. Oopsie. His company is, you know, a billion dollars to the negative or more now on that little play. Uh, you know, when have you ever told me to take out a loan or when have I ever told anyone to take out a loan to do something in crypto? Oh, never have. No reason to get shaken out. No reason to get scam wicked. Just wait. You know, <laughs> the spot gains are enough. Like if you stake your hacks, you're making like an average of, I guess the average APY is 38% for all the stakers. But some of those guys got it earlier, better share prices than you. So, you know, now you're not going to make as good. Maybe, 
know, maybe if you stake one year, you're looking at 15%, maybe you stake like three or five years. I think if you stake like six or seven years average, you're going to be at the 38% mark, but you got to check it. You got to use a calculator to look at it. But even, like, even if you don't stake, you're still making mad gains in the price appreciation. When it goes up, it tends to go up after dips and we're in a dip, you know, like uh, it was 56 cents and now it's like uh, five cents, six cents, something like that. So mm -hmm. I think I've taken, I've advised a lot of friends that uh, hex is something they want to look at because historically these dips are wonderful opportunities. Mm. I should I should do the cover your ass stuff. If you get wrecked, it's on you, bro. Yeah. This crypto is volatile. Like maybe if do you go ninety five. I guess it already did win ninety five. Do bro. you think it's the mentality of these guys? Do you think it's like like a gambling addiction? Do you think because you got it? It sounds to me, anyways, you got into this for the right reasons, right? Everybody was, uh, you know, like I started doing my work and and what I talk about because my you know I my brother in law committed suicide and so it's a. Uh, it's like I got into it for like I I know personal reasons I guess as opposed to like you know okay let's make a whole lot of money. I've been crypto or what's that? You got into crypto because your brother-in-law killed him. No no no. I mean I got into my into writing my books and doing what what I do in the manospheres as far as right. as that's gonna you know like my my wheelhouse anyways. But it it uh it seems to me like I mean when you're giving back to the community I mean, you're giving you know money to the charity or you're, you're you know trying I, to. I got a funny story about that. Yeah. So I've, I've been a self-help author for much longer than people have known that I've been in crypto. Mm -hmm. you go back to my earliest uh, videos. There's just self-help videos. Here's how you give a better apology. Here's how you have better relationships. Here's how you can be happier. Here's how you can drink less, gamble less, quit playing, get video games. Like mm -hmm. all my videos are about those things. And I didn't get as much done trying to help people with the book as I did with the crypto. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact people have not killed themselves because they they're focused on the future and they've got something good to look forward to because of the time lock, the time deposit. I was able to accidentally get better health outcomes for people through the cryptocurrency than I was when I directly tried to get them better health outcomes through the book. And so the cryptocurrency accidentally did more for people's mental health and well-being than the book that specifically was written to, to help these things. Right. And I didn't, I didn't design hacks to solve people's mental health. I designed it to appreciate and value. Mm -hmm. And it just accidentally did wonderful things for people's internal game or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say is like a lot the, I mean, the main reason I got into writing my, my, well, now the five books that I have out is, was really just to sort of explain things. I've had this a similar experience, Rich. It's like when I have guys that come up to me and say, Hey, you know, your book saved my life. Or I had a, I had a date with death, right? They would literally like set a day that they were going to kill themselves because, uh, you know, they, they just simply, they got out of a, a bad relationship or they, they were getting a divorce or whatever. And they would come up to me, I mean, tearfully and say like, you know, you've saved my life and my kids now have a father in their lives because I read, it makes sense to me right now. As far as the gambling goes, I, I look at degenerate gamblers as people that need high frequency dopamine. And so a staking product that doesn't have that type of high frequency in out, it's the opposite, basically. And you can look at the price chart a lot and it moves around a lot. So that's a thing. But you're not really wrecked. You know, you're just waiting. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're leverage trading, you will get liquidated and you're out and it's over and you get your liquidation email and you now have to go work a job again to save up enough money to get your adrenaline fixed. So I don't think 
even in our community, we have people that try and like play that adrenaline game and want to have something to do. And I hate it because, you know, I see how poorly it works out for people over and over again. But, you know, we have that in our community. We have adrenaline junkie gaming trading kind of people in there. They're everywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think so too. I think, especially even in uh, it, the re one of the reasons I wanted to do this is because I I'm finding that there's a lot of crossover between sort of my wheelhouse and like the financial sphere, the crypto sphere. Uh, Miguel and I are doing, you know, collaborating right now, talking about doing a, a, a dedicated studio in Vegas, and and it just it it DJs, it, poker it, players. It, we had a lot of armed service guys and hacks, ton mm -hmm. of armed service guys. I don't know why. I've, I've wondered if it's because I act like a drill instructor or what the, what the deal is, but like, and then, yeah, I guess it's just all dudes, you know, that's like mm -hmm. the primary. It's just not, there's no girls in crypto except for like yeah. five or six of them. The five or six girls are going to yell at me now. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out nerd girl. Yeah. <laughs> I got David Fetter here saying, uh, Richard Hart changed my life. I paid off all my student debt and have financial freedom now. I remember when he made that video at a penny. He he got he paid off all his student debt when Hex was one cent, and then it went up to fifty six cents. Mm -hmm. I got uh, not bad. I got K, uh, KNTX here says uh, much respect to both Rolo and Richard, uh, giving people the right tools to be the best versions of themselves. Is there so. some type of like literary meaning to that term Rolo Tomasi? Was that like yeah yes yes I know God, I just explained this on Ruslan's uh, right. my Ruslan interview. I um so Rolo Tomasi is actually a character from L.A. Confidential. And uh, okay. I took on the name back in sort of oh, like... Oh, yeah. That's how he knew that the guy was lying. Like, right. Right. He's yeah. the guy that gets away with it. And I, I used yeah. that from as far back as like, say, 2004, 2005, when I got into sort of like the, the seduction community and the and I was doing my writing way back in 2002. So it just kind of stuck. And it's my pseudonym for when I'm, I'm writing, uh, where I'm writing books or I'm doing my own show. So it just, you know, just what I go with right now. But yeah, I, it's funny when people like accuse me of like trying to pretend like I'm Italian. I'm like, dude, look at me. <laughs> do I look? Do I you look, look Italian? Irish to me, man. You look very Irish. <laughs> Actually, I'm Scandinavian. I'm, like I'm Danish, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't. I don't I, you guys need to rebrand. I think. I think I've yeah. seen enough headlines where mm -hmm. the term seduction community is just. A very bad term. Yeah, yeah. I and I agree. And I'll tell you what's funny is like whenever I have to field questions from like guys who want to compare me to like a PUA or they want to talk about the manosphere, they want to talk about the red pill. They their their impression of like of all like what I talk about is still stuck in like 2005 with Neil Strauss and mystery. And it's like if that that was like 15, 17 years ago. And if that's like your impression of what's going on right now, you really need to update your impression. You need to like catch. I probably up. need to update my worldview because i didn't know anything changed yeah no it is most definitely changed in 15 seconds yeah I've, I've always wanted to ask you is, is that why you were all like you were into doing the top hat and the peacocking and stuff because of mystery um i mean you have finite sexy stereotypes that you can shoehorn yourself into and i, I don't know exactly how i ended up there so i, I know i know that like I had had an eight-year girlfriend, and I was volunteering for the Sense Foundation, which both I raised twenty-seven million for, and Vitalik gave like three million or eight million to, and then Sam Bankman-Fried gave fifty k to. So now they're known, but back then the only person who knew about them was me. And uh, 
you know, I went there and I met this other guy that was rich and retired named Bill Liao. And he happened to be on the board of directors of the, the foundation. He invited me to come do photography with him in Ireland. So I was in Cambridge volunteering for the charity. And then I, I flew over Ireland to, to hang out with Bill and shoot some pictures. We became good friends and he's still on the board of the Sense Foundation. So if they do anything good, it's probably because he's allocating the money properly. Please, Bill, save our lives. Thanks. Um, so I was in a Subway sandwich shop there. And I was talking about Toby Robbins events. And somebody in, in the uh, in the line was like, you, you ought to go do this uh, these courses here, the, the, you know, show you how to have fun in nightclubs. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? All right, cool. I like learning stuff. And so I, I did some courses on how to like party. And you're like, is that a thing? You're like, yep, it's a thing. And then I became friends with the guys and we went out every single night for months, every night. Mm -hmm. And when you go out every single night and, and learn how to have fun, you just try a bunch of different stuff, you know? So I eventually got around to cutting my hair. It was too long. I eventually got around to cutting off my absolutely stupid looking gigantic beard, which is in hindsight, such a bad look. And then you learn fashion, you know, and then you're limited by whatever the fashionable items that are for sale there. And there was just this one shop that sold like really cool stuff. And so I just loaded up on the really cool stuff that they had. And uh, so I guess my first top hat was purchased in a costume shop in Dublin in like 20, 2010. Now it had to be earlier than that. It would have been like 2009, 2008. I mean, somewhere in between 2006 and 2008, I think. Because when did you retire? 2004? I retired in 2003. Yeah. Oh, three. Okay. Yeah. And so, like, you really, it's, it's whatever gets the job done, you know? I've, I have uh, had fun with people centrally in every kind of format. The I'm not wearing clothes and wearing a sauna format. The uh, beach, tank tops, overdressed, <laughs> doesn't matter. Like all that's like the what you wear stuff, it matters so much less than your facial expression, tonality, frames that you choose, posture, who you're with. And most important of all is where they're at in their life and what they just like ahead of time. Like people that like me have daddy's issues currently because I look like a dad, I guess. Mm. So the majority of girls that like me a lot now are girls that, you know, like older dudes. And it's just, what you know, what are you going to do to change your age? It's not that easy. You can like <laughs> dye your hair and stuff. Right? Tell me about but it. If, Tell me if, if you're doing well with daddy vibe. But the problem that I think I think there's some mental illness stuff that comes with girls that, that have daddy issues as well. So I've, I just received, <laughs> I'm going to read you a funny text that I just received that I screenshotted for somebody. This is a real gem. So I knew this girl before she became a dancer. Um, the, I keep, I keep knowing and being friends with girls before they become, uh, adult entertainers. It's really weird. It's like, am I generating them or is it an accident that they like me and like that? which I, I actually think it's the latter of the two because I would never suggest this as a line of work to people. So she sends me, <laughs> I like making the, Oh my God, I didn't even see this. This is new. Cause I didn't want to click it. Cause that's going to show. I read it. I like making friends with demons. You need special eyes to see them. And then <laughs> sexy video. Nice eyes. Okay. And back on my demonolatry stuff again, Bure wants me to work with him. He came to my dream. 
I've never heard of Bure. <laughs> <laughs> so this girl, uh, who's nice, worships demons <laughs> and believes that they make her profitable at the club. And previously, the last money demon that she worshipped was named can't remember I, I don't memorize the demons names but <laughs> you have to you so this is like this is dangerous right <laughs> this is like wake up with crack, man. Chest, like um, oh I, I thought i hit all those um you know arm's length <laughs> on this one dude but when but when a girl like she works at the club and new girls come to the club and all those girls like girls together. And then they got to go somewhere after the club to party. And you're like, you know, so there's, there's always in any city, a guy with a place that the girls go to after the club to party. Mm. I'm that guy. I have that place, but I also get demon messages. Oh, man. Uh, I'm glad you said that, man, because I was I was gonna feel real weird about getting into like how how, how is it like being as rich as you are, and and how do women like come on to you? Like, oh, it's demonology. It, it, I swear <laughs> to God, the money does not help. Like, it sucks. <laughs> the, the money is so useless, dude. I swear <laughs> to God, it's it's depressing. You you have to hide it and and do everything you can to like be silent about it. Like as, as soon as you try and actually flex that you're rich they're super allergic to it. It's like having a six pack and like forcing a girl to look at it. They don't like it. You have to accidentally yawn and like accidentally pull your shirt up too high or, you know, oh, it's too hot. Let's play some football, bro. Yeah. You know, you have to have a reason to get your shirt off. You can't just uh -huh. take it off. I don't have this problem. Whatever the opposite of a six pack is, I have that <laughs> I have the anti six pack. Yeah, I was. I got all these questions. Like when we were did the pre-show with, with Gary, I got all these questions. One of the ones I have to ask is like fashion sense and clothing. It's like where where did you pick up the 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 fashion? Like you're known for like I I use the the thumbnail with you and your Louis Vuitton outfit and everything. It's like is that is that for shock effect? Because I know you said usually, something about how like you usually, have to wear yeah. the top for people. I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff I wear is just straight ugly, but it, it's covered in logos that let you know how expensive it is, mm -hmm. and people respond to it. You know, like I'm, I'm walking around with a Louis Vuitton bag because it's my most effective, functional, useful bag. And, and I can see people respecting it, you know, but like mm -hmm. my $5,500 Louis shoes, they probably basically, unless you're wearing monogram, the stuff can be so expensive that no one can respect it because they don't even realize how expensive it is. Like mm -hmm. if I rock out here and like my green leather Prada, you know, $10,000 set that just looks like Gumby to them. Like it's no, <laughs> there's no no respect at all for it. And I understand that. Like, it, I mean, I knew a lot to understand all of the designer stuff out there is a full-time job because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's too much. I mean, so there's brands, even if you're fashionable, I could list you brands that you don't know about, but you'd like them if you did know about them, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, I was you, you can outdress, you can dress it such, it's like wearing a Patek Philly watch. You're like, Oh, it looks like a Timex. Cool. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you, you paid 50 grand to get Timex respect. Unless you're in the right place and the right place is like a watch nerd found you, you know, like right. you're on, like when I was in can shopping, you know, I'm next to in the Gucci store. And I'm like, Hey man, nice paddock. And then I show him my like maxed out million dollar Rolex rainbow. He's like, you know, he knows, 
He knows he his knows. dick smaller than mine. It's it's a dick measuring contest. Like hmm. you're like, yeah, my my watch is a million dollars. Your watch is like seventy k. You lose. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's why like people have a problem with you? Is like the it's the flex factor of it all too. I mean, that you're always right about shit as it is, but it's like just to have it rubbed in their face that here you are, like like looking the way that you do. I mean, and maybe it's I, I'm happy to I'm happy to rotate to whatever else works better. But in my analysis, I haven't found any superior means of unwrapping new users other than just being a prick in their face and irritating and, and harming them emotionally by showing them that they could be living a better life, but they're not. Mm-hmm. I am. You're such a fat piece of crap. No one wants diet advice from that fat piece of crap yeah but you know i could still give it to you you can ignore it if you want i do i ignore my own diet advice. <laughs> but at least it's there maybe i'll accidentally do it one day um but the money advice and a lot of the other advice i give is just fabulous so like i can't believe i'm getting demon messages on my phone <laughs> it's just crazy to me that's the best part of the show so far. <laughs> I got demonology in my my inbox. Hey, I'm gonna the get be- to- the best part is when she says she doesn't recognize this demon that she dreamt of. Like it's a new name that she doesn't even know. And I'm yeah, like, it's funny how your brain names. Names. Like, it's like you have other ones you're familiar with. <laughs> I, I mean, I could scroll, but there's a lot oh, of. Shit. I'm afraid that you'll get reflections out of my eyes of some of the pictures they send. <laughs> and you know what? People are <laughs> obsessed enough to do something like that. It's like going to focus in on it. Yeah. Uh, let me uh, let me throw some of these super chats out here. I got to catch up right quick. Uh, I'm thinking about building a pulse chain project. Is there anything about the EVM or Sol- Solidity version I should know about? No. I mean, it's just basically Ethereum with some improvements, but none of those improvements are EVM or Solidity version improvements. Therefore, you know, you can build your stuff against the Pulse Chain testnet now and have fun. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I got this. Uh, Miguel, this from Miguel. Uh, is Hex better than or is Hex better than Bitcoin? Uh, Hex is uh, no. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. I have no. A hot seat now. It, it's it's a big joke. It's, it's, it, it's a joke when Robert Kiyosaki asked me. So is is Hex better than Bitcoin? And I was I was just so shocked. Robert Kiyosaki asked me that I was like. I didn't even know he, he knew was about shocked that. I brought him on that show that one time. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, he even, I was, I was shocked he knew anything other past than Bitcoin and Ethereum. And then he just like, Miguel is hex better than Bitcoin, and I was like, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> you were yeah. so caught in the headlights, though. I think uh, the community was like, oh man, you should have told them ten thousand things that were so much yeah. better. But yeah, no, it was, it was just, was I, I thought it was gonna be a way different conversation because, like, I was like, you know, I was like, oh, hey, Robert, hey, what's going on, man? And then I was like, I was, I was trying to bring hiccups to him, and, and then he just comes out of nowhere and hits me with that that right hook. <laughs> we have to think about it. Like, what are all these currencies really useful for? Really, you buy them, mm-hmm. they go up in value. You sell them, and you're richer. That's our actual main utility. Mm-hmm. So the thing that has the better price chart is probably the better thing to use. Now there's exceptions. There's things that just go to zero scams. We don't like those, but you know, let, like, let's say you want anonymity. How are you going to get anonymity in Bitcoin? You can't, yeah. Yeah. you can pretend you can try, you can do coin join coin mixing. Also the crap that barely works and doesn't work, or you can use tornado.cash on Ethereum. So like you turn your hex into Ethereum. Then you run your Ethereum through tornado.cash. Now it's anonymous. And now you send it to the exchange. But mind you, some exchanges just shut you down after you do that. So choose your exchange wisely. Some exchanges mm-hmm. just ban you if you ever mix your coins. 
even though mixing is the only way to maintain your privacy and privacy is a human right. So <laughs> if you use your rights, you get your, uh, your count closed. A little, a little gross, a little sucky. Mm -hmm. I got this from Hextex. He says, uh, Richard's product, uh, hashtag Hex, uh, allowed me to make the decision of being financially secure and Pulse Chain is going to be a game changer for many willing to do their own research. I have a, I have a comment about that. You know, if whether Bitcoin is better or Hex is better, if you have it on a centralized exchange, if it is on a lending platform, it is being used, in my opinion, to short the thing you care about or push down potentially the price of the thing you care about because you no longer have control of that. So whether you have Bitcoin or Ethereum or some other token or NFT or something on those lines on a platform, they can do with it what they want to. What I love about Hex is the incentive is to hold it yourself. And the incentive is to do so through staking it. So if Richard has a chance to explain what he means about a truth engine, what is a truth engine? Because that's a great turn of phrase. Well, I mean, it's real simple. I believe in meritocracy. So, you know, if you run the fastest race, you deserve first place. And if you make the maddest of gains and your price charts the best, you deserve respect for that. And if you say you're going to lock up your coins for a certain amount of time and your amount of time is longer than some other guy, you deserve more interest, a higher interest rate. It's a meritocracy. But if you lie and you don't do what you said you're going to do and you said you're going to lock your coins, but you unlock them before you should have, well, then you should pay a penalty. And who should that penalty reward? The people that did what they said they're going to do. So it's just, it's just a way to get everyone to do the right thing, the honest thing. I call it the truth engine, you know? And it's, uh, it's what the bank does too, by the way. The bank, if you lock up your money, they'll pay you a higher interest rate. If you lock it for longer, they pay you a higher interest rate. And if you withdraw it early, they give you a penalty. And so I knew these were known good parameters from the legacy financial system. Oh, right, let me uh, catch up here with the rest of these here. I got uh, Jim Rat says, uh, Richard Hart and Rolo have changed my uh, changed my life forever. Thank you for being a positive role models in a world where everyone leads you astray. Scott, thank you, Scott. Uh, let's see, Crypto King. Well, thanks for that. I don't know what that is in yen. Uh, Hex, <laughs> Hex set me free and I'm onboarding the onboarding the US Navy slowly but surely into the best performing asset in the in world history. Shout out to my veterans and active duty service members that are now hexagons. Thank you very much. And loving it. Uh, boom, <laughs> boom, konnichiwa. Hex Asians in the house. There you go. We have all these inside jokes people might get. I know. <laughs> the konnichiwa one is one of them. Uh, Nikki B, thanks for this. Uh, Richard Hart leveled up the lives of all my family and friends. We love him and are grateful for all that he has done. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Hex. Uh, RH is the GOAT. There you go. And then last but not least, I got this dude on here. Very good. $500. Nice. Thank you. I began uh, to use Hex's principles to start a business. My cousin, uh, cousins and I have eliminated all the middlemen from our operation and are now growing, providing unprecedented value to our customers and taking our, comp our competitors' customers at will without resistance, going to build an empire to protect these T-shares. Amazing teacher, Richard, thank you. $500 for that guy. Wow, yeah, to get that one out. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> What other what other coin communities handing out five hundred bucks like that? I know. Thank you very very much for that. I'm um. Let's see. What else? I got, I got one more here. Oh, um. Sarah Davis wanted to know where you can buy hex. So there's a uh, hex.com/slash/buy. 
Mm. But we also, I mean, I guess I'll be breaking this news here. Um, Hex is approved for, I believe, the largest United States credit card on-ramp, which mm. is called Simplex out of Israel. And uh, you can buy Hex. So, for instance, like if you're on Trust Wallet, you can buy Hex by credit card there. So if the amount, if she's doing smaller amounts, you know, um, you may get like two or three percent less, but in a smaller amount, you probably don't care that much. You'd rather just be convenient. I, th I think that she could either follow the instructions on hex.com/buy, or uh, you can try out this new credit card thing, which will eventually be like added to the site. But uh, right now, it's just on, I guess, Trust Wallet or any, any you know, any different thing that already supports the Simplex kind of like credit card order form thing. That's huge news. Damn. Yeah, it's good news. It really is. I got to see where, where they're at on like actually adding it to the site. I'll check. While you're yep. doing that, uh, I wanted to chime in. You know, I, I was reasonably <laughs> successful in real estate and networking and other like startup ventures and things like that. And if I never had bought any kind of crypto, I participated in 2017 with Bitcoin and the ICO stuff and Ethereum. But really, I've learned more from the community and from the good leadership of Richard uh, inspiration, really, um, to where if it wasn't for crypto, I still would be very successful. So I think there's a lot to be gained from just association or learning curve, whether you like cryptocurrency or you don't, from this community. We give a lot. A, a lot I, remember, I remember when Gary hated the adoption amplifier so much. He hated <laughs> the idea of people being able to get hacks directly with no middlemen. Hated yeah. it because he thought that it would never get listed on an exchange. But actually, we it. like we're we're on the best exchange, the one that has no middleman, the on-chain one. It's like amazing. It's funny because uh, a lot of us have been around for several years, and we like to tout, you know, that we were here from the beginning and things like that. And I, I say sometimes I was in the beginning, and then I said uh, this will never get very big, and then I was out, <laughs> and then I was back in. So like, uh, yeah, it's it's a. We've had some people come. We've had some people leave and come back. People are like, oh, we're gonna do it, do it on our own. We're gonna build our own better hacks. Correct <laughs> to zero. Like, <laughs> you're, you're just like, hey, we've seen this before, guys. You probably don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, you're gonna lose all your money, and then what? people just lose all their money again and again. Do you think Let's there's a lot of in, in crypto? Do you think there's like a tribalist like mentality of these guys? Sure, like, but like there is an like for Ford, Ford versus Chevy. Mm -hmm. Apple versus Android, you know, your sports team versus any other sports team. Like, mm -hmm. This is what people do. It's not just the ticker symbols they buy. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's transferring over to the crypto community. Like, and I, I, like I was saying, it's like, they're pretty intense about it too. Well, I mean, look, these are people's life savings and yeah. this stuff can and does go to zero. So be, being in the stuff that goes up a lot instead of the stuff that goes to zero is a really, really big deal. But the, the sad thing is that, like, you know, there's a lot of Bitcoin maximalists out there that just don't care about reality. They're like, hey, guys, do you have NFTs? No. Do you have on-chain exchange? No. Do you have stable coins? No. Do you have time deposit? No. Do you have anything? Can, can, you, can you program it to wake you up in the morning? No. Okay, well, what do you have? Like, do, do you have mad gains? No. You got a 3.5 extra all-time high after five entire years, which is a third the existence of your whole thing. Your thing's not even 15 years old. So there's more than a third of the existence of the whole thing it took to do a 3.5x, your all-time high. It's trash. It's trash. The world's richest guy already bought. Countries already bought. Everyone already bought. You're not an early adopter. It's top of its S-curve. But these guys are the laser eyes. They're just like, 
immune to knowing what S curves are. They're just immune. You're like, no, dude, you're not early. It's crazy. I mean, weren't the Bitcoiners the people that were coming after you because you wanted to do upgrades to Ethereum? I mean, to a, a Bitcoin in terms of bigger blocks? Yes. You know, I mean, the, the a larger block size was on the roadmap and then they lied and just took it off. And now you just have smaller blocks and higher fees and lower throughput. And, you know, I just, everyone that's been in, crypt, in, in Bitcoin long enough leaves. Satoshi right. left. I left. Rajiver left. Uh, Gavin Anderson left. Trace Meyer left. Eventually you leave it because it left you. It sucks. Like it just, I'm not, I'm in this for mad gains. I'm in this for features. I'm in this for progress. And Bitcoin doesn't offer those things. Not to mention, you know, Mt. Gox has 140,000 coins, which by the way is something like $4 billion. Let's do the math real quick. 140,000. This laptop I'm on sucks. Uh, times, let's say it's 23,000, even though I haven't looked. That's 3 billion bucks. So Mt. Gox is going to release $3 billion of Bitcoin. And then there's another <clears throat> billion and a half sitting in the uh, Mount, in the Bitfinex hacker's wallet that the United States Department of Justice seized. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then there's maybe another billion, but I'm, I'm guessing on that one. And Ross Ulbricht's Silk Road seized stuff. There might be $3 billion there. I'm not sure. Well, guess what? There's no hacks in any of those wallets. They didn't, the hackers didn't get any hacks when they hacked Bitfinex. That, you know, when the DOJ busted the Phoenix hackers, they didn't get any hacks. When they took over the Silk Road guy, they didn't get any hacks. And so, like, the demographic breakdown of non-scumbag people and hacks is higher. Like, we have non more non-scumbags, you know. Like, we have less vulture capitalists. The hacks community is amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. I have to ask this. Now we are, what are we, 47 minutes in? Okay. You have to tell me the Panama story. <laughs> I moved down to Panama. I was rich and retired in 2003, had 150 employees, was doing 60 million a year in sales and turnover, and uh, retired, went down to Panama and got the shit robbed out of me. Mm-hmm. And almost everyone there that, I, that was like working for me was working an angle. And so after like losing so much, my house, my office, my quarter million dollar stereo system, you know, my personal assistant was helping the criminals rob me. And then we were going to get him arrested. And then the day before he was arrested, they killed him and orphaned his kid. So, you know, in the third world, the game is different. They want your stuff more than you want your stuff. And they're willing to take more risk to get it. So, yeah, um, left, decided I wouldn't spend any time in crappy countries anymore. Started volunteering for charity, traveling the world. And uh, I guess that's it. I mean, what charities are you working with right now? I raised $27.5 million for strategies for engineered negligible senescence, the SENS, SENS, like it makes sense foundation. Mm. Um, that's really the only one. I looked mm. around at all the other charities and I didn't really like them. Oh my God, Richard. You're like, yeah, dude, I went to Charity Navigator and I started clicking page by page and I'm like, Mosquito nets, water, mosquito nets, water, mosquito nets, water. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, everyone already does this. Like Bill Gates does this, Soros does this. These are not, I mean, they're not qualitatively different. They're, they're not unique. I, I can't get outsized returns doing this thing. I can just get incremental, you know, look, I, I put my little 27 million on top of their billion. My, it doesn't make a difference there, kind of. Um, so like people don't realize this. 40% of people die of cancer. 40% of people die of heart disease. If you cure cancer, people only live three years longer. If you cure heart disease, people only live three years longer. Why? 
why is the result so pitiful? How can you only get three years by curing the thing that kills 40% of people? Because the thing doesn't cause itself. The thing is caused by the kink system. And if you cure that pathology, you just get the next one down the list. And so when the system is decaying and falling apart, if you cure heart diseases, cool, you just get strokes. If you cure strokes, cool, you just get cancer. And then, so what you learn is that if you can prevent the decay of the system by three, three and a half years through any means necessary, whether it be lifestyle modification or diet or a pill, whether it's metformin or NMN or whatever, it's, it's, you can get more quality of life and lifespan and health span for a person that way than by like curing one of the individual things. But that's what all the money goes to. Like the most successful charity is breast cancer. And you're like, it's only worth three years, guys. And, you know, it's probably worth less statistically because it's primarily a girl thing and girls are only half of people. So it's, uh, I think that delaying when repairing the onset of damage is worth more than curing any specific pathology. God. No one knows these numbers. Like if I would have asked you, you would have all guessed you'd live yeah. 20 years longer. I would have to go Google that. You know? I'm or, sure I tell you these, you, these are facts because mm -hmm. the insurance companies, if you want to look up the actual actuarial table by which this is derived, it's called increase in life expectancy by elimination of cause of death. And you will, you will arrive at these same three years by getting rid of cancer numbers. And it's different depending on the country that you're in, but these are United States numbers. And if you're in Africa, you might just die so early that you don't have, you don't get old enough to get cancer. <laughs> Shut up, malaria. <laughs> Gary, did we have any other questions from the, from the, uh, the pre, the pre show? Most are asking, uh, we have a, a convention that happens, a pulse chain or pulse con in Las Vegas in September. They ask about that. Uh, obviously, timing of Pulse Chain launch, and then they also ask oh, about this movie that's coming out, out, this uh, documentary. So they're asking about that mm. uh, timeline. Have you have you seen like the latest, like that one we just shot in the castle? I was just in uh, Paris. I bought a million dollars, not Paris, but Cannes, France, about thirty minutes outside of it. I bought a million dollars of Bulgari jewelry out there just for fun. Looks so awesome. Looks so good. I didn't bring any of my expensive stuff to America because. When I get robbed and killed here, I don't feel like I'm actually profiting very much. I didn't bring a laptop even. I borrowed my friend's crap laptop I'm on now. Um, we were at a giant castle out there, and a hexagon named Art had paid uh, about half a million dollars to have a piece of art commissioned and flown on a private jet with the artist out to come see me in this castle outside Cannes. And uh, this artist is the most licensed artist in history and I believe he sold $250 million of his own art last year. And he, he's met the Pope. He's met six presidents. You know, this guy is up atop the art field as you can possibly get. His name's Romero Brito. And uh, how cool is that? That Hexagons love me and the products that I've built so much that they're willing to chuck half a million at just like giving me a gift. It's probably the best gift I've got. I'd say the second best gift is my giant hex necklace, which I don't have with me. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like I just, anybody that wants to fly in a private jet to deliver me a gift is more than welcome to come say hello. What do you think of, uh, oh, wait, uh, let's say, oh, I'm supposed to ask, what else do I have? There's all the documentary, by the way, is the, the whole reason I mentioned all that stuff. Like the, the, the documentary is going to be really sick. It should come <laughs> out before the end of the year. Beautiful. Yeah. What do you think of polyamory? 
I, I don't like it at all. It's garbage. <laughs> you wanted me to ask you about Andrew Tate, if you're familiar with Andrew Tate, and uh, what what are your feelings on polyamory? I mean, oh, see, I just avoid all of these words so much. So, like, polyamory in general is extremely cringe, weird people being cringe with each other, in mm-hmm. my experience. It's like going to a swingers party. You go to a swingers party and you're like, you are all ancient and fat. And I hope <laughs> none of you actually has any sex with any of the others of you. And I cannot wait to leave here as quickly as possible. This is terrible. <laughs> so it's like sex you don't want, but lots more of it. No, I don't want more of sex I don't want. I, I just want good stuff. This all sucks. All of you people go home. Um, but like, so I think if you look at the animal kingdom for clues, you'll, you'll find a lot of one guy hooking up with lots of girls. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll also find all the girls only liking one guy because people forget this is, this is bi-directional. So, so this, this frame that it has to always be the guy doing all the work and like the girl gets to choose and all this stuff. I'm trying to like condition people out of this frame because the frame sucks and it's not true. So <clears throat> let's take gorillas. Gorillas, one dude gets all the chicks. Lion, one dude gets all the chicks. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of animals where one dude gets all the chicks. And those animals do very well. And I think that you'll find that human societies, all the girls want the same guy. Now, who that guy is, maybe it's Justin Bieber when they're younger. Maybe when they're older, it's Pierce Brosnan. You know, and then, like, they just, they they chart this stuff. So like, if you look at OkCupid uh, profiles and rating systems, guys give the actual literal average girl an actual literal rating. Like our ratings are accurate. Like if mm-hmm. you say a girl's a five, mm-hmm. it's five. Mm-hmm. And then girls give all the guys like one. And then like this one guy gets like tens from everybody. Mm-hmm. And there's like no middle ground. And so <clears throat> if you think about how this, this evolved as a strategy, and why it exists the way that it does. <clears throat> Men are disposable. We're less likely to have children. True. So we have to make up for that by increasing the quantity of partners. And then, and by the way, this is all like animal kingdom stuff. Yeah. Contraception broke all of this. So like yeah. contraception made all of this irrelevant, but like we're still using the old program, just like calories. Calories used to be rare, mm-hmm. not rare anymore. So I'm fat as heck. I'm wearing a 3XL shirt. Um, and the same thing goes with your, your evolutionary psychology. Yep. So in, a, in an environment where <clears throat> if a woman chooses the wrong guy, she dies. A woman chooses the wrong guy, gets pregnant. Guys like, screw this, I'm out. She starves to death. She can't fend for herself. She can't protect herself. She can't get food. She's gigantic. She needs the, the group to protect her. She needs her partner to protect her. It's mm-hmm. a life or death issue a thousand years ago. Life or death. Women are the vulnerable sex. <clears throat> yep. True. Mm-hmm. And so they make up for their physical vulnerability by getting the social right. They get their strength from other people, which is why they work so much on being attractive. A large portion of their day is based on manipulating other people quietly. So they're going to be prettier. Okay. To what effect? Manipulates people, period. Right. Why are you wearing a fake makeup face? Why are you wearing fake hair? Why are you wearing fake nails? Why are you wearing heels that make you taller? Why is your hair fake? Why are you mostly fake? to manipulate other people, to get better responses out of them. Mm-hmm. But it's quiet because quiet's even more manipulative. Like I was saying, if it seems like you're trying, you don't get credit for it. 
but if it just is there without trying, you get credit for it. So, <clears throat> so it's it was an effective strategy for the fairer sex to test emotionally the guys to make sure they got the right guy, and so that the one way to do that is to periodically stress test guys by getting angry during your period, and the guys that could take that might be able to take you getting pregnant. But if they can't take the period, they probably really can't take the pregnant. And, and it's, it's a way to make sure that you got the right guy. And, you know, what other ways can you make sure you got the right guy? And, and, and this all goes back, like, as we go, go through this, if, you, if it's an 18-year commitment for you when you have a kid with somebody, wouldn't you really, really, really want to make sure you did the best you could? Wouldn't you be really choosy? And, if it's, and even with contraception or, like, even with adoption, let's say, you're still in for, like, a year or a year and a half. I think it takes – how long does it even take to have a kid? Sad that I don't remember this. Nine months. Nine months to, months. Yeah, to gestate yes. and bring it on. Yeah. And then the other thing is so, you've got another yeah. at least seven or eight years before that kid is at least self-sufficient enough to either like run away or feed itself like in the, you know, back in the old, in our ancestral. Yeah, you ready? You ready for this? This is one of my crowning achievements that I'm very proud of. Uh -huh. So I, I invented Hart's Law, which describes why all prices of cryptocurrencies move up and down with each other usually. Mm -hmm. It states that the price of two assets will move an up and the prices of assets that trade against each other are bound by the liquidity in their order books. So because you can exchange a Bitcoin for an Ethereum, when one goes up, they both go up because they're interchangeable with each other. Mm -hmm. But then you could break that by eating through all the liquidity in the order book. It's, it's, it's a really unique and interesting and smart way to understand why all these prices move up and down naturally with each other. My, my biggest, one of my biggest breakthroughs, in kind of the male female relationship stuff is that timing uh stress women being angry during periods being a good stress test and we banks have stress tests apparently mm -hmm. for safety and so do relationships i think and then the second one is that seven year number now why is it that everyone's relationship is over at seven seven year itch yeah the reason is because it takes that long for the kid to be able to get on going on its own so if we have sex to create variety, what else creates variety? A new partner. So male and female combining creates variety and new partner creates variety. And what is the correct cycle to get new partners? And reality's already figured that out for us. It's seven years. But truthfully, mm -hmm. declaring it dead at seven, it really died at six. And you fought mm -hmm. for seven until you figured out that it was really just done. Yeah, that's statistically so, that's true too. Because people uh, tend to like couples tend to break up at the seven year mark, and then again at the twenty year mark. And the twenty year mark is like the empty nester phase at that point. <clears throat> yeah, so like, I think that's one of my best male female analysis is like when your relationship's dead at six, it's not your fault. It's meant to be dead. Mm -hmm. Like you're supposed to cycle your partners every once in a while, and this is the rate at which you're supposed to cycle them, and that explains why you know. The same reasons why your girl fell in love with you in the first place are the same reasons she's going to fall out of love with you now. It just means that she's a properly functioning human being. Hmm. Oh, but my grandparents have been together 20 years. People are as faithful as their options. They probably just didn't have better options, all right? If your, if your granddaddy had a six-pack, he wouldn't have went six, 15 years with a chick lick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you something else to think about because I know you were talking about like the stress test side of this whole thing. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that I've like, it, as far as my work is concerned and the things that I've been reading about, there's a, a evolutionary psychologist named uh, Marty Hazelton. And she was proposing this is like, you know, when women go into sort of PMS, they go through the, the menstrual cycle. And in the, what's called the, the, 
uh, proliferative phase right before ovulation. That's when they're looking for, that's when women are looking for the guy with the, you know, the more masculine facial features are looking for a guy who's like, sort of like, you know, looks like Jason Momoa. Right. And then once they get past the, um, the ovulatory phase, especially if they've already had sex or they're, they're on like hormonal birth control or whatever, then they go into sort of the, what's called the luteal phase. And at the luteal phase, something else happens. And it's usually when you get like their beta boyfriends or the guys who are their orbiters get the call and it's, they want some comfort and they want the guys with the more you know feminine facial features or they call their girlfriends and they're looking for like sort of comfort. And they go through this emotional cycle as a part of that. And what happens is then more guys who are more like uh, on the beta side of the, of the spectrum here, like they're the ones who want to be nurturing. It's, oh, it's okay. You know, I'm, he's a jerk. You, you don't want to have anything to do with them. And they try to sort of work their way in there and, and be cool. With lady, yeah, exactly. Time for the white knights to show up. Yeah, it is. Well, one of the things that she says though, is this, and this, I thought this was really fascinating is that when women PMS, when they, when they like start to get real bitchy at, as, as they're sort of going through meneses, um, she proposed this is that that's sort of like, you know, they go through this, this nesting phase where they're looking for comfort and then it doesn't happen. Like the baby doesn't come. Right. Cause she's going back through the cycle again. And so the PMS phase where she's like getting bitchy is pushing all of those beta guys away in, and being like a bitch to, to everyone so that she can go back into the, uh, the proliferative phase and then be more, more about the, the alpha male, you know, Jason Momoa's kind of guy again. And then the cycle repeats itself. So she was proposing anyway, and that this is just theory, by the way, I don't know about any research on this, but the theory is that when women go through PMS, the, uh, the function of it, the evolutionary function of it is to push away all the beta orbiters that came in to help her when she was, you know, thought she was pregnant or the body thinks that is pregnant. And she goes into this kind of like, you know, like micro stage of like nesting and then there's no baby. And so therefore it flushes it out and she's got to push all these, these blue pill, you know, chumps away from them so she can come, come back into like sort of the alpha phase again. I just, you guys, you're going to get fucking cancel cultured, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would you know why I go to that Rolo Tomasi. Exactly. I would drop like, I just, <clears throat> I don't know what it is. I guess, I guess the difference between getting cancel cultured and not, it just takes a couple words. And then those are the words that they murder you with. And I'm mm -hmm. just so damn good that I ain't never saying the words. So good luck. You know, <laughs> like it, if I'm getting cancel cultured, it ain't because I said the wrong thing grammatically, you know, mm -hmm. um, I have been canceled off of YouTube three or four times, but they keep putting me back. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I just want to make people happy. And, and I think that you mm -hmm. can't make a woman happy unless you know her better than she knows herself. Because look where she got with her knowledge, you know, like you, you can't give if you give people what they want, it's oftentimes not as good as giving them what they should want or what, you know, they really want, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's like uh, it's like trying to ask somebody what the best way to sell them something is. They're never going to tell you limited time offer, but in mm -hmm. reality, it's probably limited time mm -hmm. offer. You know, and so they're the person that's buying isn't the right person to tell you how to sell, even though they're on the same transaction. And the person that's like consuming your male energy isn't the best person to tell you how to to be attractive. Like taking taking people's advice, like 
be yourself. Hell no. <laughs> no. Yourself sucks. Do not be yourself. You need to change your you need to change who you are and what True. you do and how you dress and how you act and how strong you are and how much money you have. And you need to be a better human being. Screw yourself. You're, yourself rich, you but I, rich, but I have to be more confident in myself, man. Yeah, dude. Be <laughs> confident in stuff that sucks. I mean, look, hexagons, like if you've looked, most of the hexagons on this panel are jacked. Like these dudes can lift weight, you know. Like these are not these are not bitch boys. These are in the gym, eating protein, lifting weight, dudes. I do that occasionally. I'm out of the habit a little bit, but I'm too busy using what I got to like build more right now because summer's you know not going to last much longer. Yeah, when more deadlift videos, man. What's what's, what's going yeah, on? Right? I you in the bit, bro. It's been a while, man. It's been a while. <laughs> what's your What's your take on OnlyFans? I think it's <clears throat> OnlyFans is weird to me. So, why do you think it's so popular with guys like incels and chumps and everything? Good. I really have no idea. That's so weird to me. I have never paid for porn in my life that I can remember. Never. It's like it's on the internet. You don't know how to search properly. Like it's all free. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, you're violating IP. Uh, maybe I don't know. Seems free. Um, I I I don't know why you would pay to be a chump you're like hey so it's just like going to a strip club like when when a girl when a dancer likes me i am not going back to that club if i can avoid it because from her perspective like her ideal thing is to turn you into regular and mm -hmm. punk you and get all your money and then when the club closes go to that dude's house and that dude's me so you don't ever want to become a regular and you don't ever want there to be a financial incentive to dislike you or to not hang out with you. So if she's making money on you at the club, why would she come banging for free when she can come tease you and get paid? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and like, you need to structure that game. So like, I'll, I'll just say like, look, you were fun. That was nice. And all. I'm never going to see you again ever. So here's my number. Call me if you want to have fun. Otherwise we ain't never seen each other again. And sometimes the phone rings, sometimes it don't. Um, but like, if, if you don't, if you don't set that very firmly, they will turn you into an orbiter. You will get parked for cash and then they will go have someone with fun that would never pay for it. Cause why would they, they've got options, you know, mm -hmm. paying for sex is crap. Like you want bad sex, pay for it. It's bad. It's just free sex is better. Um, so OnlyFans is like, Hey, you could be having sex, but you're not, but you're paying the same or more. Monthly. So, yeah. Like, Monthly. Uh, yeah, exactly. What, why? Why would you pay more for less and like just lower your standards? <laughs> like like go have lower standards and you could have more fun. I, I haven't been able to do that. Like I keep standards that are unreasonable for my body type, but I'd make up for it with just saying hi to more people. Yeah. And or being a god. <laughs> It must be tough for you to like actually like trust women who are like actually into you or interested Dude, in you as opposed I swear to, like, to God, they don't run the any tape. game on me. I mm -hmm. I don't understand it. They don't give a shit about my money. They do not care at all. They don't care. But like, but like think about it this way. Like if you hang out with dancers, they've already got a lot of money. They don't they don't have to dance. They can go be coffee shop employees or secretaries. They don't have to go show their butts for money. But they, they, usually in my experience, they like looking at other girls naked and they like the attention and they like dancing. And like, 
it, it just fits their lifestyle, you know, and they like working a night schedule mm-hmm. and the, and the, all the extra money is just extra, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't know, like my theory on this, I don't know how it works out for other people, but my theory on it is that people respect my no take no prisoners kind of attitude that they don't even bother trying to, to game me. They don't even like bother to ask because they know the questions. No, like the amount of times I get asked for money on the internet is extremely few mm-hmm. as, as compared to like what it should be like, because you'd think I would get asked for money like every day. Even I even have like, I make people rich in my profile, but mm-hmm. Richard, doesn't that sound like expectation of profit from the work of others? It's like the person I'm making rich is my jewelry dealer. So don't worry about it. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, like, um, uh, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why I don't get more gold diggers. I, I should like my DM should be exploding, but yeah. it really like, as far as girls go, it is exactly the same game as it has always been with absolutely no improvements whatsoever. And I kind of feel bad about that. I'm going to find a way to turn my money into better sensual experience by just buying everything. Like then I'm going to like, my next thing that I'm think I'm going to do, like my IRL thing is either Richard Hart museum, which sounds lame as crap but maybe it works for outrage, but what's probably more likely going to happen is like all my cars on the first floor, nightclub floors two and three, and then mansion fun stuff floors above that mm-hmm. dead center, you know, in some European capital city. Uh, I, th- I think that's the plan currently. Just got to mm-hmm. find the right buildings zoned for it. And then, you know, I'm kind of worried about the club thing because do you remember that time you were in the club and saw the dude that owned the club? killing it and having so much fun with those really hot chicks. Do you remember that time? Nope. Not once. Not a single time in my entire life of going out every single night for years. Did I ever see the owner of any club anywhere ever actually having fun in the club ever, never, 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 never. Now that makes me think that there's some hidden edge case whereby which it's actually a terrible idea and will not work. Not sure exactly how this fails. I guess I'm going to pay a lot to find out. Um, I, I get, I maybe should interview some of the other guys I know that own clubs, but like, I don't know. Isn't that weird? Like yeah. all dudes are like, dude, I want to start a club. So I get laid and I want to be like a photographer too. I want to be a club photographer guy. The DJ. Oh yeah. And the DJ <laughs> The DJs actually do good. So that one kind of, makes sense. um, as a photographer, you're not getting laid at all. By the way, all you, all you guys watching, you are not going to get laid as a photographer. I've tried this. Okay. All the girls that show up have all their boyfriends and the queue of orbiters they've been hanging on to for years. You're getting in at the very end of that queue. It is not going to work out. And and by the way, taking pictures suck. Like everyone else's pictures are as good as yours. Or if you want to beat them, you have to work harder hours with different equipment from a different angle. It just sucks. It is played out. Screw photography. I don't care about it at all. I don't even. I have like the best camera you can buy, and I still just use my cell phone to take pictures of myself to put myself on social media. That has utility to me. Pictures of me have utility. Pictures of the rest of the world do not. If I'm not in the picture, the picture sucks. But I went decades without knowing that. Like I went dec. I thought like, oh, let's go document everything. Nope, you'll never look at those pictures. No one cares. And everyone else's are better than yours. So good luck. Um, yeah. So like, I don't, I don't know why owning a club and then having fun in that club doesn't work. I guess I'm going to find out. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to die without finding a way 
for turning this money into something a lot more fun and exciting for myself because right now it has not improved a single thing. Oh, cool. I have $10 million of watches that sit in a bank vault. <laughs> cool, man. And girls don't give a crap. They don't care. And, and my two most expensive Rolexes ever made are way less cool. Like my $1.4 million and $800,000 Rolexes are way less cool than my quarter million dollar. I'm just like, I don't know, dude. Life's unfair to me. I have it really rough, you know? This is a very sad, <laughs> sad stream with poor Richard Hart. Gary, you had something? Uh, well, it comes to the flexing thing. Richard's been in a couple of uh, Twitter spaces. Whenever he comes into a Twitter space, thousands of people have the same kind of question. And uh, one of which kind of appropriate is if a woman is going to get married, she gets an engagement ring. She likes to flex, flesh, uh, flex. flex. That uh, that ring, you know, it's the statement of value in her mind. Uh, yep. Richard likes to flex with his uh, his wristwatches, you know, ten million dollars worth of wristwatches, but he really pushes against the uh, NFT community, if that's a community. Uh, recently, he was in a Twitter space. Someone had said that they had a four point six million dollar uh, NFT, and I I actually heard Richard pause because they said the same thing that he says. It's flex value, it's entrance, it's a smaller click. I get deals out of it, like I get network. Has he changed his position about NFTs at all? I, I th you could, how do I phrase this? If you wanted to waste $4.6 million to meet somebody, you could meet 10 people and give each of them half a million dollars to say hi to them. And your cost basis would be the same. The question is, what is the long-term value of a serial number loosely related to a monkey picture, which may or may not still be hosted on the internet? I think the fair market value is near zero. Um, the real market thinks it's much higher. That may resolve over time much lower than it is today. I, I believe in efficiency, and I don't think you making a terrible investment is a good way to meet other people that also have made terrible investments. Mm. I think you can do that at the bar. So I would rather see you buy a Ferrari and go to Ferrari meetups or a Lambo and go to Lambo meetups or golf at a more expensive golf course or become a male prostitute and start sucking these guys off. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I just, I am not going to make a bad investment to go say hi to other people. I won't. So you think it's more, right. of, a, it's a more of a social... It, it's, it's just like... I run into this with, uh, with education reform all the time. I say, hey, we're teaching kids a lot of stuff they're gonna forget, you don't remember it. Okay, you ready guys, it's quiz time. Who here went to elementary school? Okay, and uh, what are the order of the planets from the sun? Does anyone know? Mercury. And we're smart. Mars, yeah. Mars Earth. <laughs> you got it wrong. No, no, Earth is the third. Uh, God, I don't know. You got that one right. We're smart. I suppose, you know I suppose Mercury, Venus, and Earth, and then Mars. That's right. Yep. Pretty sure that's he's, it. He's farthest, he's farthest along now. <laughs> yeah. It's Mary Virginia eats many jam sandwiches under Ned's porch is the mnemonic technique I remember them by. Hmm. But, like, obviously not worth teaching anybody because we're well-functioning adult humans, and we do not ever need that information ever. And it's alongside tons of other info of the same vein. And so by that token, what I'm saying is we should change what we teach people so that what they're being taught 
is maximum utility, stuff they will use, stuff that is important, how to give a good apology, how not to get scammed, how to have good posture, you know, all the stuff that, that you know, matters. Instead of stuff that doesn't, the order of the planets from the sun, no one cares. Star sign or like any, the majority of stuff they teach you is entirely useless. You will never, ever, ever use it. And they say, oh, but, you know, we have to teach them this so they learn how to learn. And you're like, no, no, you can just teach them the other better stuff and they'll learn how to learn. And it's the same with this NFT thing. Like I'm, I'm emotionally crippled as a human and can't meet people. So I have to pay a half. I have to pay $4 million to get over my learning how to meet people problem. No, you, you could just do it without the monkey picture in a more efficient manner that has more lasting value. Like I just, I don't think that these meme coins and mm -hmm. I mean, a monkey picture is, is just a, a different kind of meme coin. You're like, it, it's a lower supply meme coin. Like the supply is 10,000 instead of uh, like, I think there's 10,000 monkey pictures right. to, in total and, and like the most right. popular monkey picture thing. And so you're just, you're just playing a shit coin that has 10,000 supply. And but then aren't you randomly, NFTs better on Pulse Chain? Yeah, NFTs are going to be better on Pulse Chain, and I will turn the world's largest diamond into an NFT. As much as I don't like the things, I, I have angles to make mine better than others. I still don't think it's as good as, as buying something that's not an NFT, but let's see. <laughs> um, like, so my point is, there's these, there's these like weird, weak arguments that sound compelling but shouldn't be. And, and like I overpaid for a thing so I could meet people, could defend anything. It's like I beat my wife so I could meet people in uh, anger management class. Oh, cool. Well, I guess meeting people is good. So, yeah, okay, I guess that all makes sense. And it, it's just this like it's this hacky way to defend any behavior, which I don't like. Mm. Uh, I get to meet people. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's a good way to, to support Miguel, it. you were just on on fresh and fit talking about nfts and i, I have to uh, i have to actually uh explain that i do actually my rocky and i both have an nft but we have an nft with a purpose but like miguel what were you talking about on fresh and fit when it came to nfts you don't yeah. generally like them for for, for the most part, yeah, I don't, I don't like them because, I mean, a lot of the people who make them, uh, it's just a cash grab for the most part, and they don't really plan on doing anything more with it. So it's just they're just launching some art, and they just hire a couple of people to run, to run a Discord for a little bit, and then they slowly just walk away with everyone's money. That's usually what all it really is. Um, sometimes they can just keep building more and more with it with like, uh, if you hold this NFT, we'll give you another NFT, but, but most, most NFT projects are super lazy. They're, they don't do anything. I mean, they just, it's just, well, I just launched this one. Now I'm going to a new project and then all the previous users from there are pretty much like the liquidity just dries up and they can't even sell like the, the NFT can be priced for like two, three Ethereum, but they can't even sell it at that point. Cause there's no buyers anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's like they got rugged because there's no zero no bid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But no there is there is NFTs. There, there is a couple NFTs I do. I mean, I do like the red pill lines and stuff because I mean they they are building a community and then they stick. You know, they, they you know it's all about you know using that money to then actually better a cause and stuff. But there's it's far and few between kind of these. I mean, I would I literally I can only think of maybe like three mm -hmm. like that are even doing that. And red pill lines is one of them for sure. Right. Well, I, and, and again, I think it's also, you know, what the what the intent is behind it. I mean, yeah, there's right. red pills. There's going to be get get rich quick. I, now I brought I brought Rocky on here because I wanted him to explain why it is we started this in the first place, because we ate a lot of shit. A lot we, of thing, we started this off, but it's like we had a purpose behind it. So like, Rocky, you want to you want to tell like, let's tell Richard why we started doing this in the first place. Yes, yeah, so I don't really like shy away from the NFT stigma because it's something that people 
get because they've seen all the other projects that have rugged and done whatever the fuck they want to do with their different projects that they kind of just fuck people over with or even like he was saying with those projects that have nfts that sell for four million five million which is literally fucking ridiculous so this is a project that's not really intended to get to that kind of scale anyway and the whole goal was it of it was we're in a community where we talk about money muscles and game and you get game from rollo and his books and i kind of wanted to introduce a lot of people in the red pill space to crypto and eth was a great place to start with nfts because it was the easiest way to get people as a community to dip their toes in to cryptocurrency and ethereum and i wanted it to be in something that had the least likelihood to go to zero so their small initial investment was safe and then after you get the idea going with that and then there's other feminist projects that put on for women that we kind of wanted to push against but the main bread and butter of it is to involve the community in what we're doing and so we gain capital instead of doing Hold you, you got to go back on that feminist project oh, okay. oh, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And throw in logan paul while you're there <laughs> so there are a lot of different types of projects that are tailored for the women community in different ways there are some that do it just to kind of like support women which i don't really have a problem with but there are a lot of projects that are created and communitized to kind of push back against masculinity and really take advantage of of simps of people i don't know we're on twitch of people that right. really are a target niche for women and so there's projects like uh simp DAOs, the centralized autonomous organizations and uh simp nfts that a lot of them are like it's literally just like only fans but an nft version so literally there's one project that we talked about i think it was not irene DAOs. i forget we had a whole podcast on this where they had nfts that were scandalous pictures of women they weren't naked but basically only fans girls <laughs> only fans girls and basically the whole purpose of these nfts had no utility was if you're a fan of mine and you think i'm attractive which is the whole basis of buying the nft is basically join my simp community and they were branding it as simp uh what was it simplistic pathetic i forget the whole acronym but it was like Jeez. pathetic men and it was it, it's really weird the way they pushed it so like when he was talking about how this sounds like it was designed by a guy dude and there is some that were designed by guys there's uh no. so, yeah there are some that they were designed by guys but women also see the blood in the water aspect of knowing where money is so they create it themselves so we wanted this, to this is like one of those issues where it's like if you believe in freedom and, it, and then you're gonna have people doing really stupid stuff and so, like, there is a findom community that wants to be abused for money. Yeah. They want to be pay pigs and human ATMs. And you're just like, God dang. And they want to build a community. Ooh. Well, pay so pigs. I, I wanted to kind of pull people away from that. And there's a lot of people in the crypto space that are, you can, I guess, categorize as beta. There's a lot of people that are turning into the red pill space, going from their beta days. And I kind of just wanted to create something where not only are you investing in red pill projects, you get to be a part of them. So we're shooting a documentary. I burnt on all this language, dude. I think we may. all going to get cancel cultured for all of these words you're using. <laughs> we may. I'm not I'm really afraid of it. That. I, res I respect that. Um, but the community aspect of bringing them in to do this with us. So we're making our documentary with, with Rolo that they're also funding through this project because all the money's going back into the project and into those Red Pill projects. And basically the community aspect of including them. So they get to be in the documentary where we flew members out to Miami, not only to come meet Rolo, but to come to the, uh, what was it? The conference CME. of Macro and Excellence? Yes, yeah. CME. 
and they got to meet and also get educated in a lot of the stuff that we speak about. And it's a, a space where we want to have men be able to learn, kind of have a, a space for locker room talk where that's very frowned upon today. And I think, I think it's funny that you guys like spend all your time hanging out with dudes, and I literally avoid dudes like they're cancer. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I do not want to. I understand. Be I understand now. Near any guys at all. Yeah, well, there's there's a community that we think could use a little bit of uh, a support in a way that Rolo's whole brand is kind of based around. So when we tied in finances to the money muscles and game, I thought it'd be a nice step into crypto and basically through all, all of it, all the utilities, which is our main purpose in the community, if they can make an ROI on their investment, once they're like, okay, I've experienced some utilities. I had some fun with it. I got to learn about ETH. I got to learn about NFTs. Then I can kind of sell it and move on. And you gained knowledge from it. That's pretty much our main goal of it. So it's not something that we want to blow through the stratosphere and be like Board Ape and other projects. Because, as you were saying before, there's just it's just so fake and disingenuous. We just kind of want to like bring the community get together and also introduce them to crypto. I was that's one of the reasons I was asking about OnlyFans because I'm seeing this. I'm seeing like you know simp tokens and this. Like, it's like a, it's a badge of membership, but then right. like. And, and like Richard was saying, it was like, you know, why would you spend a small fortune on your OnlyFans girls and in tur tournament? And I, I've, I've got this question before. Um, I think I was on Fresh and Fit when I, when I was answering this. And it was like, uh, they, I, had, I had girls ask me this. They said, why, why is OnlyFans like so popular amongst guys? And I'm like, you know, because you can go, if you need to get off, you can do it for free online if you want to. But I think really what it is, is these guys want that connection. They don't have any, it, it's the idea that maybe there's somebody out there that it's actually going to like give them the time of day or say, honey, how was, how was your day? You know, the most successful strippers in the club are the ones that like pretend at least that they're familiar with you the moment you walk into the club. Yeah. So it's, it's, not, not, it's not individualized. Yeah. It's not so much about like the, uh, the idea of like, oh, well, you know, it's about sex or it's, yeah, I can go get off. I mean, yeah, there's a sexual aspect of the OnlyFans girls, but the most successful OnlyFans girls are the ones that like, they're not like the super big tip, blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, uh, you know, centerfold models they are the ones that look like they're a you know, seven or an eight and the girl next door kind of thing. So they, they look right. almost like attainable. And so yeah. you've got that, you've got that, uh, that interaction there where it's like, it seems more genuine until, until such time as they prove that it isn't. And then they move on to the next one. So it's like recycling. That. I think there's two types. God, no, you're good. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'll, I'll just say this real quick. I think there's two types of OnlyFans purchasers. I think there's the dudes that are really down bad that really love like the inclusiveness of it, which is really odd. And I also think there's those high school kids that, okay, say there's a girl that you always liked and you always wanted to have sex with her and never got the chance to, and she made an OnlyFans. You're like, oh, I wonder what she looks like naked. There's still no point because you're just feeding money into this endless loop of like I've seen girls that wanted to go to college and do all this important shit, make a lot of early money doing OnlyFans, charging $50, $60 a month. And I've talked to them. It's ridiculous. And they kind of just abandon all their dreams. And they're like, well, I'm going to be a professional Instagram hoe on OnlyFans. <laughs> It makes you wonder, like, but we also live in this world where people are buying like hats and Team Fortress Two and skins and CS:GO and just mm -hmm. otherwise wasting all their money. And you're like, I don't know, is it what's worse, a uh, an OnlyFans account? I don't even know what you get out of that uh, versus a, a hat and Team Fortress Two. It's a lot of people like wasting money out there in the world, man. 
Maybe it's just the fusion of attention and money just coming together finally, or it's starting to. Does, it, does anyone know what you actually get? Like, what do you what? actually get as an OnlyFans subscriber? I'm, I'm uh, very proud to say I don't. It's got to be photos. I guess, I'm assuming interactivity. Honestly, I think it's like the ability to like. Um, I think you get exclusive photos. But is there a, is like, there a chat? Well, you look at Bella Thorne when she was on OnlyFans. I mean, she was promised like nudes. Like, what was this like back in 2020 or 2021? I think uh, she was like, you know, oh, I'm gonna go on OnlyFans and uh, you're gonna get you're gonna get nudes, quote unquote nudes, and it never really materialized. And she made like two million dollars inside of like what 48 hours, 36 hours, something like that. That's fucking. Just with the promise of it, and then like the the pictures ended up being like black and white side boob shots of Bella Thorne. Yeah, shout out to her bathwater though. She and actually got a lot of uh, a pushback from the OnlyFans people that were making their, you know, their income from that, and they, she, yeah. they said that uh, she threw them under the bus because the chargeback was something like two or three million dollars. People that complained and said that they didn't get uh, whatever Bella had promised, they did a chargeback, and then OnlyFans, the platform, actually changed the whole system um, based on the complaints of the patrons. Yeah. I think if you're going to overpay someone for titties, they should at least get the titties. <laughs> yeah, it's not as black and white side boob shots. <laughs> That's true. Hey, let me uh, let me get to some of these super chats here. I got a lot of them. I got to get back to. Uh, Rags to Riches says, "Glad your mom is okay, man. Thanks for showing up uh, for the community when you're probably physically and emotionally drained." Yeah, I'm happy my mom's alive. Like I yeah. thought, you know, my mom messages me and she says, "Hey, I'm in the hospital. I had a urinary tract infection. It went septic." And, uh, you know, you should get the will done. And I'm like, what? The will? Why? I guess. And I Googled it and I'm like, oh, 30 or 40% death rate. I'm like, okay. Depending on how quick they get the antibiotics in there. Mm. And so uh, I'm like, hopping on an airplane. Here I come. Boy, these airplanes, sometimes they get some delays, I tell you. A lot of delays. Fly private. Yeah, yeah, I know. Sometimes it's not easy. And, uh, yeah, but like. She's alive and taking her medicine. As long as the antibiotics do what they're designed to do, then uh, my mom probably will survive until the next terrible thing. Because when you're as old as she is in her 60s, like terrible mm -hmm. things are the flavor of the day all the time. So mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, I'm getting to hang out with my live mom instead of having to go pick out, pick out caskets. I guess I'm happy about it. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I met, my mom passed away in uh, 2020. Uh, post well i guess during covid and i was not able to be there thanks to the assisted living facility that would not let anyone in thanks to the lockdowns and so yeah that's a real sore subject but still it's good to be with your mom it's good to be i, I both my mom and my dad are gone now but like whenever i'm talking to like fresh you know i'm like sitting in the, we're sitting we're literally sitting in the lambo going to like uh the off-white store and i'm like when's the last time you talked to your mom you know <laughs> and we have this sort of like you know uh really kind of deep conversation about like our families and all that stuff. And it's like, we, so what we did was we called his mom and we did like a live stream. Well, live stream. We did a FaceTime with her, like from like, it was the most surreal thing was going off, you know, driving through Brickle in a, in a Lambo talking to his mom, who's in Barbados. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. And she um, loved you too. <laughs> yeah, she does. She still loves, and I love her too. Uh, Dolomite Hex says, Hex is perfect. Full-time dad here. Thank you. Um, 
we also got our Richard. I uh, just want to say thanks. My pleasure. hundred bucks. These guys love you. I don't you're know. rich on this stream. Talk about OnlyFans. You're, you're making more money than I know, fun, man. Right? <laughs> Only Rolo, baby. Only yeah. Rolo. Yeah, yeah, there's, no there's no city. There's no city. Yeah, I don't. Oh my God. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there's a see. lot of opportunity in Hex, dude. There's only a hundred thousand stakers. That's it. That's yeah. Like yeah. That's like pre-viral. <laughs> Richard, I need to pay my heating bill. When is uh, Pulse Chain <laughs> launching, man? Come on, let's go. Uh, when's the launch? I don't know, dude. Well, a lot of the questions also were about uh, from the stream earlier before the show was about this wallet concept. You know, I know Richard has made comment uh, to the community about vertical integration. Can you explain what vertical integration means? I never want a user to see other people's trash products. So every time someone goes to a coin ranking site and looks at a bunch of coins, there's a chance that they're going to buy something that sucks. And so vertical integration increases efficiency. And in this case, it's kind of attention span efficiency, the, the economy of attention. So... If you have the wallet, the trading, the consensus network, and the value storage all in the same place, you don't need to go other places. And it helps the community be unscammed. So that's the idea, is you know, you, you don't have all this uh, bad things attacking your users because your users are immune to them because they don't see them. Like for instance, Mount Gox hack, hack's not affected. The, mm -hmm. All these things that you see that are terrible happening all the time, like Hack's not affected, you know? So we just want more of that for everybody. Uh, to add on to that, can you comment about what features you would require before you would release such a wallet that is different than what we already have? I haven't thought about minimum viable product on it. That's a good question. I mean, uh, is secure and works with Hacks would be probably enough. But... I mean, what, what's the downside to having like a minimum viable, like if you can use, if you can store your hacks and it can do it securely, there you go. You know, that's probably the minimum viable for me. It's a pretty low bar. Is, is the wallet going to have like an in, an in browser sort of like um, aggregator to like purchase all tokens? Yeah, I think that's the most profitable thing that it could have. That's, right. that's where MetaMask makes all their money. So that's probably how that will work. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably going to have way better fees anyway. <laughs> Shout out Pulse Chain. Usually. Yeah. yeah. Usually. My hair looks great today, doesn't it? Look yeah. It does. I, I picked up this light. Is that all your natural hair, or have you had like uh, hair replacement surgery? I wake up in the morning. I don't use gel. I don't use a hair dryer. I don't use a comb. I don't use a brush. I don't use anything. I literally wake up and it looks like this. There it is. There's no plugs, there's no fills, there's nothing. It's 100% pure, natural, awesome. How old are you? I love it. How old are you now? 42. Wow. If I shave all this crap, I want to shave all this off. I look 20 years younger, literally. You look better with a beard, dude. Well, it's this white tip and I don't feel like dyeing it, man. It's just too much effort. I look younger without it. Yes, I look better with it, but I look way older. And when you talk about like old guy at the club syndrome, I am the old guy at the club and shaving this beard off helps a lot. So God, yeah. I'm going to, as soon as the film crew is really done with me, I'm going to shave this thing off. They're not really done with me. yet. I had shaved it off and I had to grow up, grow up back for those scenes we just did in uh, that castle. Right. 
I got this one. Uh, what is Richard's opinion of James from the Invest Answers channel, who consistently calls Hex a scam, but also has promoted coins like Luna and loves Solana? I think that I'm surrounded by people stupider than me. <laughs> Welcome to the Manosphere. <laughs> and, you know, and then I have to educate them. And then they're immune to the education until a year or two later. And then they're like, ah, he was right about everything. So in this case, people seem to think that a token that only inflates has no value. But what does it do? It just inflates. You just get more of the same coin. Well, let's analyze that statement. What do humans do? They just inflate. They just make more of themselves. Uh, well, I guess we disproved life. And what does Bitcoin do? It just inflates. It used to be zero coins in 2009, and now there's 18 million coins or 19 million coins. It just inflates, and Ethereum just inflates, and Dogecoin just inflates, and everything just inflates. And you're like, wait a second. Maybe, maybe the best performing asset class of all time, which consists entirely of things that just inflate, trumps and beats your fan fiction theory of inflation bad. Maybe the market's smarter than you are. And so having an innovative product that serves a real world need of delaying gratification, which by the way, is the key to all success and in investment, the key to all success and personal development, doing the thing that is long-term smart instead of short-term smart, doing the thing that if you could have locked up your Bitcoin when it was a dollar, you would have got to ride it up to 20K, 60K, but instead you thought you were smart and sold it at 10 or 100, or 1,000. So we need delayed gratification. We need the monetization of the time value of money. These are successful products and legacy. There was no other version of them. It is truly innovative and more secure and more featureful and more price performative than Bitcoin. But somehow these idiots, they're just immune to it. Like I say, it's more secure than Bitcoin and they don't, I just, they just don't care about security. I say it's better price performance. They just don't care. I say it's got more features. They just don't care. They're just idiots. They're, they're just like idiot maximalists. They, they prefer being stupid and broke. And you're just like, you know, I don't know what Hex could possibly do better. It has worked 100% flawlessly why everything else around it has failed. It is more secure and designed to be more secure and has had more audits than Bitcoin has had and has had less failures, none. And like, how am I supposed to win harder? Price goes up 10,000 X, operates flawless and perfectly, was given out for free to Bitcoin holders, what more do you want? It is awesome and amazing and perfect today. So, <laughs> all right, I got this one. Hex hexiest man in the world. <laughs> Thank you for all you do, Richard. This community is incredible. I'll represent the best I can on the Hex golf team at the Pulse Masters, <laughs> the first cryptocurrency golf tournament in history. Leave it to Hexicans to create another first. He, he's not even kidding. Like I think there's a Hex there actually is golf one golf tournament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's all there's also like hex shirts and some uk soccer team like a professional one like a big one <laughs> didn't we just have a and we, we just had a red pill lions boxing match right <laughs> mm -hmm, we did. And then it was a nascar it was like the slowest imaginable nascar <laughs> and then like uh we won the tx2k like fastest uh half mile race at like 233 miles an hour the hex lambo it's for sale now i think you can buy it for a quarter million um, or no, 1.5 million. I can't remember. <laughs> it's got to be 1.5 million. What, I, I don't know why I said a quarter million. That was very stupid. 
you can't buy the base car for a quarter million, let alone one with like twin turbos and every imaginable upgrade. Um, yeah, there's, you know, Hexkins are people that are very wealthy and like to promote what they love. And we love Hex. <laughs> Homie Click says, Richard Hart, what are your thoughts on the rise of simp projects in the crypto space? I think we talked about that already, didn't we? Yeah. I yeah. just, I think any, I think it's all pseudo gambling and anyone will buy anything if they're degenerate enough. Like you can bet on cockroach racing if you're degenerate <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, and, and so they'll just buy whatever appears in front of them. So I, I think that the world would be a better place if everyone bought unique, innovative products with walled gardens, product market fit that were pretty viral. But I don't live in that world. I live in the world where people buy hats and gun skins and only fan subscriptions. And look, dude, I'm cheap. This hotel I'm staying in is like 70 or 80 bucks a night. <laughs> I'm do using you like, my friend's laptop. Do you like, do you, I mean, are you like, are you the kind of guy who just says, you know what, just like, I'll stay at the Motel 6 and I'm cool with that? Apparently I am. But yeah. my mom also lives in a place where, you know, you ain't got the most expensive like hotel yeah. available. So. Yeah, I've noticed that. And I, 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 maybe it's like, I mean, I know just a little bit about your upbringing and, and maybe I'll get into that in a minute, but I think maybe that's probably something because I'm, I'm not from, I'm not from the world where it's like, I'm staying in five, five-star hotels. I'm driving like a Lamborghini. I've got a Toyota Tacoma that I can carry my, you know, snowmobiles around in and, uh, you know, and I'm good with that. But I, it, it, and then the next day I'm in Brickle and, you know, rubbing shoulders in five-star hotels. Did I already give you a list of all the cars I have yet? No. What is it? I would like to know yeah, too. Okay. <laughs> so my newest one is a Rolls-Royce Cullinan. I just got mm. it. That was 700,000. Mm -hmm. Before that, I got a uh, Bentley Continental GT convertible 12 cylinder speed version, black speed version. And that one was uh, 365,000 euros. And then uh, before that was a Hurricane, Lamborghini Huracan Evo. That was 300. So we got 700, 365, 300. We got the million dollar SF90. I paid much less. I got a good deal on it. But if you try and buy one in America, it's a million bucks, thousand horsepower. Beat on that car. It's track, carbon, everything. Absolutely carbon, everything. A set of Fiorano, you name it. Mm -hmm. uh, then I got the Ferrari Roma. That was 285K. Wow. And then I got a lifted G Wagon. It was a quarter mil. And that's factory lift, AMG. Mm -hmm. G, G Wagon, 4x4 squared. And then yeah, I've been you know, in one just recently, actually. Jay Waller's got one of those. I like him. Yeah. I mean, it's like sitting in a rave. <laughs> what else? So I also got, I know I'm missing one. So I remember McLaren. It's like months and months and months and months and months and months late. A bunch of Teslas haven't come in yet. I got like a, a plaid and a, an X and a Roadster as well. And then I ordered a convertible 296 GTS Ferrari as well. Is that your thing, cars? Is that your collectible? Is that what you like to do? When, with nah, I just like already completed the watch game. So now mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm going to also get one of these Aston Martin Valkyries. It's going to cost me like Ooh. four and a half mil, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, dude. What am I going to do with all this stupid money? Like what, what can I do with it? It's only useful if you spend it. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, Dude, I have so much money. Like too much. So 
<laughs> it's too bad I can't tell anyone how much I have. It's a lot. Richard, I have a, a question. Richard Hart twerk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That one's good. Richard, yeah, you, said, uh, you said in the past, and you've been accurate about calling the bottom of Bitcoin and then calling the top of Bitcoin on these cycles. And it seems like that leads the industry or leads the bear bull. Uh, and then you also had called the watch top and you've recently, maybe a month or so ago, had said about real estate. Where do people actually put money? They're, they're, all, they're going to speculate on something. Well, everything, where well, do they put money? Well, what, if everything is going down, you just literally sit in cash and hope everything keeps going down and then buy the bottom. Mm. But it's risky because, you know, some people don't update their, they don't like, some people follow t.me slash Richard's calls and like they know what I'm thinking when I think it or twitter.com slash Richard Hartwin. But if you don't like update your life view or like read what I'm thinking about often enough, you can just miss like a big move, you know? So I think the bottom will come at some point and in Hex it might already be here. Like Hex might have already bottomed. Um, Cause you know, the last bear market only lasted a year and we're now a year and a half into this bear market. And it's because a fake double top was bought on leverage. And now all those guys are getting liquidated three years capital, et cetera. And then people are discovering that getting loans on your crypto is also leverage, but you just didn't know it. So like now you're being forced to sell to meet your margin call of getting liquidated on your loan. But people didn't realize that that could happen because they thought crypto only went up and never down. So once that's all washed out, and if macro at least pauses on the interest rate increases or goes flat for a little while, you know, that could be our bottom and the timing is about right for it. So X might have bottom now. You might see bottoms in Ethereum and Bitcoin in the next few months, hopefully. But really, the interest rates does affect it. Right. So the Fed can, if they keep raising rates, I mean, if they move rates back to the 70s, mm. you're going to continue to see prices decline across everything. But here's the part that people don't get that I know that nobody else knows. If the prices continue to go down and the value of your assets continues to go down, it cancels out. So if you had assets and you wanted to buy a house with them, the house goes down and your assets go down, but they go down the same rate, you broke even. And so the real difference in a, in a market where the very, very occasional instance where cash is actually becoming more valuable almost never happens, but we're in it now. Um, as long as what you have isn't dropping at the same rate, the prices of the stuff you want are, you're still ahead of the game. It's an interesting little analysis that could make you feel better about watching the price of things go down. Right. I mean, that's the difference. If you don't own the thing, you want the price to go down. If you do own the thing, you want the price to go up. So it's really just a question of what, what you own. You want you own real estate, you want the price to go up. You want to buy more real estate, you want the price to go down. Mm. You own crypto, you want the price to go up. You want to buy crypto, you want the price to go down. Oh, interesting fact. Uh, you may not have heard this, but the sacrifice addresses uh, for Pulse Chain and Pulse X at one point, we're sitting on $660 million of stablecoin. Interesting. A lot of money. Yes. Interest dollar cost. Can you, uh, can you comment about market appetite outside of HEX? Because uh, I know you engage the community outside yeah, of sure. HEX and hexagons. Can you talk about, you know, are people asking for advice? Are they asking to participate? Or are they kind of holding their positions or what? I mean, you've had a couple people. I mean, to tell you the truth, I mean, outside of like, let's just say the hex YouTubers and everything like that, everyone's been pretty, pretty scared to tell anyone to even DCA or anything like that. Um, really? Oh I yeah. I told my best friends to get in. Well, I said outside of like the hex influence group and everything like that. You know, like everyone else is pretty, 
you know, because I mean, just about everyone who recommended anything <laughs> in the last two years, it's pretty much gone. It's like down 90%. I mean, and then most other influencers, you know, talked about like um, Luna, Celsius, Voyager. Oh, fuck all those people. Yeah, all that yeah, shit. That and shit. then um, scumbags. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, but there is, there is starting to be, I mean, this is why I go on all these red pill shows and everything, trying to tell people about hex and other cryptocurrencies is because it's like, you guys, you want to buy when the prices are going down, obviously. And it's not, it's not the easiest time to be buying, obviously. Right. But that but it is, it is actually the easiest time. You get more for the same money. I never understood this logic. Why do people like paying more for stuff? I don't know. The it's the same stuff. Wouldn't you rather get more stuff for your money than less stuff? Yeah, that's why we've been screaming it from the from the rooftops for people to buy. I mean, we have literally, literally outside of the hexagons. Like, I think I've been one of me, Charlie, and a couple of guys have been one of the few people out here telling people to get hex now. I mean, every time we do a course and everything like that, you know, this last course we ended up getting, we we have like almost you know about maybe eight hundred seventy people in this. More than half of them are brand new, and then they're all going to be onboarded into hex. You know, so it's like we've been onboarding as as much as we can. You know, getting people into Ethereum at the very least, tiptoeing them because once they have Ethereum, they can just one little step and they're in Hex or in their whatever cryptocurrency they want to get into. But typically, you know, Hex is probably the best one. Yeah, I, I don't think people realize how good it is that you can go up ten thousand X and only dip ten percent more than Ethereum. Ethereum dipped eighty five, Hex dipped ninety five, still up seventy X versus Ethereum. Seventy X. That's a lot of percent, isn't that seven thousand percent more? It's what is that? What is seventy x? What's seventy times one hundred? Seven thousand. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, right now, like every other market is in, in in basically fucking denial right now. The the, the most in denial are the real estate guys. Like, <laughs> like I, I've, I uh, about two months ago, I started saying, "Hey, you guys, uh, I think uh, it's not on Fresh and Fit, but it was on another show I went on over there in Miami." Where I said, hey, I think the market's kind of topped out. I'm like, no, bro, no, no, no. It just worked. We're going to go down like 5% in the market. Real estate doesn't go down. It just went down 11% last month. I know. It was the biggest one month drop wow. in history. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to go down can more you, Richard, can you define uh, what is sound money? What does that phrase mean to you? I mean, so like the basic definition. So, first of all, anyone that asks this question is a nerd. And this has nothing to do with mad games at all. And you can't get rich answering this stupid question. But it's just a flex to show what a genius I am. I'm going to answer the question anyway. But this is the kind of knowledge like knowing the night, the order of the planets from the sun. Cool. You know that? And you're wrecked and broke still. Congrats. So, wrecked, broke people answering this question. Here we go. Money is, well, I'll give you, I'll give you the better answer first. So the better answer is that the only thing that matters is goods and services and that everything else is accounting. And you can make the accounting more efficient and you can make the world a better place. And so money and finance is just a bunch of way to help allocate resources for goods and services, production and distribution. So money historically, and you can go on Wikipedia and check this, check this. It's durable. It's divisible. It's recognizable. And uh, is that it? Durable, divisible, recognizable. I think there's another one. Durable, divisible, recognizable, fungible. scarce, scarce and fungible. Cool. And that's it. And what do we get? Well, our money isn't scarce. It gets more resource. There's more of it all the time. This is why the value goes down because you keep printing it and 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 printing it. And therefore it's not worth much. So things that don't get printed that way, that have a higher cost to print, like houses and gold and crypto, et cetera. Wait, crypto? 
Well, crypto that has good math behind it, crypto that has an on-ramping of users that exceeds its inflation rate. Bitcoin actually used to go up higher in value when its prices were lower and when the inflation was way higher because it was the ratio of on-ramping new users to the ratio of minting new coins was better back then. Now it's a lot harder to on-ramp a multiple of users, even though it's a lower inflation rate because every four years the inflation rate drops in half in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Which means it was exponentially higher back then, but it was also exponentially easier to multiply your community, which is why it's at the top of its S curve. Thus, so money is those things that we talked about, divisible, durable, recognizable, scarce, um, transportable is useful, by the way. I believe that's one of the features as well, transportable. Because they used to use like giant immovable stones called Yap in some Polynesian islands, but couldn't move them anywhere. At least that's, I think, what they were called. I think No, they're called rye stones, R-E-I stones, mm -hmm. not Yap, different. Maybe Yap was like seashells or something. So this, so that's the answer to what money is. And then he said sound money. And so it's all that same crap I just said, except you're not getting beat up by some guy that's printing it all the time. And therefore, its inflation rate should be lower. And then really, the real nerds are going to say inflation is price. And what you're talking about is monetary unit expansion, like actually minting more of the actual currency. It's called monetary expansion, not inflation. So the real nerds are going to tell you inflation is price side and money supply is monetary expansion. So there's all our stuff that you can't make money on. Enjoy. Look how smart we are. <laughs> Buy the right ticker. You can make money on that. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about being a, a Richard Hart maxi? I mean, I always, uh, I always bring the uh, the uh, the classic, you know, Thanos gauntlet of the rich. There you go. You know, nice, and stuff. so could you talk a little Finally, bit about like being a Richard Maxi versus like? Because like, sorry we've for all you guys watching at home, all you crybaby people. I didn't curse, did I? But you're still gonna cry about that even because the imagery was too spicy for you. All you cowards at home. Oh, we fought in World War II, but we can't handle cursing. Like you shot a bunch of people in the head, but you can't handle cursing. You just don't get it. Don't I'm a fan of cursing. So. Um, like the stuff that I make is good. And the stuff that other people make sucks. And I wish there was a more nuanced, less biased way to put that. But I'm not sure there is. Like, why does Hex have 100% flawless operation and uptime for years and everything else is just down and broken all the time? I guess everyone else just sucks and we're awesome. I guess that's why. And, you know, it's weird that the world is that way, you know? Like, I wish that more people were good at what they did, but they're not, you know? Don't know why. Like, and, and so I just, whatever... Whenever someone goes into some other thing that I didn't design, I'm so used to watching it go to zero that I'm just tired of seeing it. Like, I don't want to promote. The number of things that I promote is like Ethereum's good, Hex is amazing, and then all the other stuff I'm making is just super well designed, really great stuff. And you've got, like, you can only, where am I going to, I can send you to Tornado Cash for anonymity. I can't send you to Monero because then no one accepts it. And actually, it wasn't anonymous if you'd used it within an hour of when you received it for quite a long time. Oops. And they had an inflation bug one time. And their founder's in jail now. 
it's like whatever. I mean, they're still trying at least. It's, it's at least an honest attempt at something that brings utility to the world. Like privacy is a human right. They're trying. But Tornado Cash is so much better. Like ZK snarks, zero knowledge proofs are better than ring signatures as far as anonymity technology goes. Price performance is better. You can get into a stable coin. You can get into hacks. You can trade on chain exchange without middlemen. They're going to de-anonymize you, which is the whole idea of the anonymity. Like if you have to go to a middleman and suck middleman D and send selfies and stuff that pretty much cancels out your anonymity anyway. And so like Zcash is just better than Monero and Ethereum is just better than Bitcoin. And for price performance, hacks is just better than all that stuff combined. And like, why, what, why would I send somewhere? What, what is the thing I care about in crypto that would make me want to recommend something else? So, okay. Ethereum fees are too high. Pulsechain.com. Go play with the test net now. If you had coins on Ethereum within the last six months, they're on the test net now. Go play with them. They're free. Go to pulsechain.com and go play with your free coins now. Uh, oh, trading, lower fees. Okay, pulsex.com. More liquidity on the Pulse Chain network, pulsex.com. Okay, so we got lower fees. We got more liquidity. We got time deposit. We got amazing price performance. Like, wh what is the thing that's missing? I would want to send someone somewhere else. You know, like I guess wallets missing. So MetaMask, it's it's like. It works okay, and they're not really victimizing the users much. They're just getting them for 0.9% in their swaps if they use their built-in to the wallet swap feature. But other than that, they've been okay. So that's not, like, vital. But, like, so so what is the thing that's missing from my suggestion list? You've got trading. You've got consensus network. You've got value storage, time deposit. Do you need a meme coin in your life? Is that what's needed? I mean, we've even got hex shares tradable through... <laughs> Hedron, like there's other right. like layer two stuff in Hex as well, if you want to use it. And at least the founder was honest and was given away for free and like, and, and it's had audits and it, it was written well. So like, I just don't see any reason to suggest people higher risk, suckier stuff. And so I'm just kind of emergently a Richard Hart maxi myself, except I do suggest Ethereum to people still. I do suggest Tornado Cash. I didn't invent either of those projects. I don't see the reason to suggest anything else. Like, why would I ever have someone use Bitcoin? It's slower, more expensive, buggier, no anonymity. Why would anyone use that? That's true. Uh, you know, you get so much pushback because you used to be such a position of Bitcoin or nothing. Yeah, well, uh, and then used to suck and then stopped sucking. You're like, okay, yeah. well, they won. <laughs> like, that's it. Bitcoin had a chance to unsuck itself, and they just chose not to, and now it's old tech it's time to get everyone out of it into the better stuff. I, guess I saw that been... you had, uh, I saw that you had liked a tweet that I posted and I, I came out publicly as far as my name, not just, uh, an, um, a, uh, avatar, not just a screen name. Uh, I made stakes, three separate stakes, $10,000 each for one year, two year and three year. And, uh, I think that that, you know, again, as long as people are cautious, it, it's weird that in my military life, everything was known about, you know, you're recognized in your community. In medicine, you're recognized by your credential and your accuracy. And it's weird that people hide behind avatars as much. Can you speak to that value? Well, I mean, everyone on the internet's a prick. So it's like, if the internet is going to send something to your house, what they're sending is a glitter bomb or a real bomb or the SWAT team or yeah. like, so the internet, the reason for that is because there's no, when you're in high school, they make you dress up before you can go to like Universal Studios on a, on a field trip. Why? 
because they discovered that if people dress up better, they fight less. But if you let people wear whatever they want, they're going to be wearing their gang collars and getting into fights. And so when you have personal responsibility to act like what you're wearing and be consistent or to not get blowback on your main identity, because if you act wrong, you're going to get blowback. When you remove that feedback mechanism, people act terrible. So when you remove the feedback mechanism of being able to receive retribution, when people can just anonymously, anonymously do evil, they will. And so the internet allows people to anonymously do evil without blowback, yep. and it makes the world a worse place. And so isolating your IRL life from your online life is very intelligent. Only let the people that have enough value to have earned your physical location know where you are. Now, there's some exceptions to that. Like, you know, if you're a singer, you want people to come to your concert, okay, you know. Um, but like, yeah, it's, look, I used to be super Mr. Anonymous. No one knows anything about anything, but now I have a YouTube channel and, uh, Twitter and a telegram. And, you know, I, I put my thoughts and feelings and have done pretty well making the world a better place by, by yelling as loud as I can. And, you know, it's been a good trade. I think it's been a good trade. But I still am more anonymous than most. You know, people don't know where I live, and it's it's like unless you want to grow boobs and <laughs> dance near me, probably not going to know where I live. Um, like, yeah, I just why would the world be a better place? Like, so for instance, if I knew where Tom Cruise lived, would that help me in my life? Would it help him? You know. I don't think it's useful for either of us to like have that knowledge just at hand. And so I think, I think if you want to get the outsized returns of being an influencer and, and trying to make the world a better place, it is useful to do so with an identity, but whether that identity matches what's on your passport or not is probably irrelevant yeah. because like, you know, Tom Cruise's real name is Thomas Mapother and Anthony Robbins real name is Anthony Mahork and uh, you know, you go down the list and it's like Richard Hart's real name is Richard Schuler, and mm -hmm. you, just, you go down the list and you're like, the better names are better. Right. So better looking car is better. Better sounding name is better. Um, it's just weird that there's this duality. So I tell you on one hand that you should, you can reap the rewards of, of letting your identity be public and like influencing others to have better lives. But then on the other hand, you've got these people hiding behind like Pepe the frog pictures and clown face pictures. Like if someone mm -hmm. is in your thread and they have a Pepe photo or a clown photo and you look at their post history, you will often see people's desires only to cause harm. And every single thing that they say is only mm -hmm. to hurt. And you're like, how is this helping anybody? And if it's performance art and it's funny, I'm cool with it. But a lot of it is just not funny, just sucky. And you're like, oh, you don't even have any followers. Hide block, hide and block, hide and block. I, I hide and block people all day long. I block thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people because I want the people that follow me to have a better quality of life and having their attentions vandalized by losers. Absolutely. Isn't good for anybody. Yeah.
I well, still, I said, still catch shit for this too. It's like people will say, "Oh, your your real name's not Roll Tomasi." I'm like, "Yeah, but like you you're saying, you know, Tom Cruise and the rest of these guys, they don't have those real names. You know, that's not the, actually their real names. But it's like they think they got you, right? Once I they figure that. out that, what your last name actually is, right? They oh, yeah. I know your demon name, right? <laughs> I have control over you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny because like I told everyone my name because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just gonna tell everyone, you know. And like mm-hmm. my history is awesome. Yeah, you were sued for five hundred dollars for spam twenty years ago. Yes, I was. <laughs> That's correct. I was sued in civil court in small claims court for five hundred dollars. One of the first people in the world to be sued for spam. 20 years ago true yeah. you're a scammer what i've seen is like you said rollo you're on camera your face mm-hmm. your your uh your tone how you communicate with your audience same thing with richard same thing with george gammon or robert kiyosaki i mean you have reach outside of your own direct circle in some ways because we're programmed to read people you know mm-hmm. what i get frustrated about is how much twitter hate twitter commentary anonymous and then when they get called out as being factually incorrect, they just delete their account or they start another yeah. account that's, that they have no accountability. And then so they come I back saw even in the stream with the same shit. I saw even in the stream people saying things inside the stream. I'm like, okay, come on a channel, present your case, show exactly why things are in your view. And nobody ever stands up. No one ever points out anything. No, it's We live in the age of drive-by commentary, right? It's, that's what I call drive-by comments. It's like I can do a four-hour live stream and, and get really in-depth into things. And then people will say, oh, I can't watch a four-hour live stream. It's like too long, didn't read. And then I got to do a clips channel. I, I, and I do four-hour do live streams, dude. Yeah. You got to get on my level. Yeah. I've only done like three of those though. So like, and I do them only once a week, right? And then so I'm I'm putting other stuff out there, and I'm putting out shorts and everything. And it's like I can tell when people haven't watched the video, right? They just see the title, and they just see the like a few like the first four comments on there, and they just want to say fuck you, or they just want to have some sort of like interaction with you, or some kind of what I call drive-by commentary, and they you can tell that they didn't read, the, they didn't watch the video, in some cases it's a short that's like 45 second video had you watched it, you would not be owning yourself as a result of that but that's, it's it's weird to me because it's like, like like Rich is saying here, it's like there's just the the guys who just want to do harm They and it's really just because they either hate what you are, hate what you represent, hate that you have a, a role hate that you you know that that you do all this stuff and that you're out there you're putting yourself out there and you're like oh i got you he's that's not his real name oh look i found something from 20 years ago so ergo he's a he's a scammer of some sorts and it's it i i think you're you're correct in the sense that like there's this sort of personality that we are online and for a lot of guys it's what their real personality eventually becomes mm-hmm. Like in my in my fifth book, I make the I'm, I I use this as an illustration in there. It's like uh, David Bowie when he was doing like uh, Ziggy Stardust back in the seventies. He did the he, basically what it, if you've ever heard the album Ziggy Stardust, the concept album and everything. He sort of becomes like Ziggy Stardust. It's David Bowie or Ziggy Stardust, and Ziggy Stardust is this character that he created. It's a persona that he made, and it was like this alien. He was an alien that came down from you know wherever what whatever planet, and he was there sort of this messenger, and he played this music. And 
and everything. And it got to the point where all of his fans were calling him Ziggy <laughs> instead of David Bowie. And, he, and that's what they expected him to be. They actually believed that he was this character that he had portrayed. And we're talking like 1974, I think, is when the album came out. And he was doing this, um, this interview on Rolling Stone magazine. He said, I had to stop doing Ziggy. I said, I had to cut it off completely because... Uh, it's what people were expecting, and I don't want to be Ziggy. And he said, on top of everything else, I was starting to become Ziggy. I was starting to play along with what people expected me to be, like the persona that I had created. And I use that as an example in the in my in my fifth book. It's like we have to be very very careful because there's guys who create a persona for themselves. They won't put their faces on or whatever, but they become this whatever it is, that personality that they create for themselves online to the point where it's like, that's all they know. That's all they're ever going to be. And they start to believe their own bullshit. And it becomes uh, like a pathological psychology for them so that they end up becoming whatever that character is that they've created for themselves online. That's why we always... Make everybody that awesome. has, yeah, we have like just our hand... awesome and then you'll become yeah. awesome. Yeah. That, that's it's what tough. I think is a, the great part. Like what I, I've got free books that you can download and just read them t.me slash sci-vive and in there there's a relationship respect romance chapter and it's basically like you're going to become what you practice and if you practice being more positive you're going to become more positive if you practice having better posture you're going to have better posture if you practice having better things that you think about more positive frames mm -hmm. you're going to be a happier person we are what we consistently do exactly and so like if it's if you're worried about creating a persona and then having to not do it too much because you might become it just start with a better persona and then lucky you if you become what you've been practicing you know like i, I wasn't i have improved over my life and it was through conscious effort and deliberate practice you know mm -hmm. like I used to not type with all my fingers. And then I was like, you know what? I'd be faster if I type with all my fingers. Now I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, top one or 2% in the world. Um, I, I could, I could do less efficient businesses. Like I had a, a power cord business that I wanted to do that I didn't follow through with, but I've got the designs for, I've got like a very small computer case design that I didn't bother with, but could have, and they're just businesses that don't scale, you know? And so it's better that I do currency, which scales amazingly well. It's just an example of, of choosing the, the more effective thing to spend your time on instead of the less effective thing. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I used to play a lot of video games. How much better am I making in the world running down somebody else's narrative that they designed for me, mm -hmm. particularly one that might be designed to get you to grind your life away? Mm -hmm. Churn marketing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To get back into the churn is meant to get you back into, like, right. to keep you going. They don't want you to leave. They don't want you to have a life. They don't want you to be creative. It's creative for you. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, really, I hate that yeah. too. And I was going to, you know, maybe this is a good question for you, Rich is like, it, what is it that you like when you're do when you're being Richard Hart, like, what do you like to do outside? I mean, you said you like to collect cars, Girls. like when you turn off all of this shit, like, what do you like Girls. to do? Like I go and I play guitar in a band. Right. So it's like, that's my turn off. You know, I turn Girls. this shit off and I go and I, I live in the real world. Like what's the real world for you? Girls, literally, <laughs> like it's just, I, don't, I don't give a right shit show. about anything else except girls. I don't mm -hmm. care. I, yes, I have the best speakers, the best monitor, the best cameras, the best lenses, the best lighting, the, you know, the best cars, the best jewelry, the best fashion, the best watches. I actually don't care about any of that crap. Mm -hmm. 
girls I care about. They're the most wonderful things in the entire world. I totally adore and worship them and think about them constantly. I love women. Mm. Right. So that's what you are like out outside of all this. Like you turn it off and you go like hang out clubs, strip clubs. I'm gonna go. Like, meet, I'm gonna go I don't even like going to strip clubs. Truthfully, uh-huh. like I I should probably like them more. But like wherever you are, you're just gonna like you're gonna go. You're gonna meet the chicks. You're gonna hit it off with a certain bunch of them, and then it will take quite a while before they cycle out the girls to try that again. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a high enough turnover there to like, and then you, if, if you're already hooking up with a bunch of the girls there, like you have to worry about the logistics of which girls know which other girls, because some are very jealous and some aren't mm-hmm. and like, and the jealous ones will tell you, they will very happily tell you I'm jealous. So don't tell me about any of this other stuff. Right. So like, you're like, okay, you know, um, so usually, you know, as, as far as meeting people goes in a saddest, it like, it's so sad. It literally is so sad. Achieve everything. Become an example of something that you never thought possible. Become a self-made man, rumored to be a billionaire, that long litany of achievements and stuff. And then you're like, the game is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You see somebody that looks cool. You walk up to the same and say hi and hope that you get a good response. And that's it. <laughs> It's like, it's like absolutely nothing has changed. And you, by the way, will blow out if you mention any of that other crap I just told you. It literally not like nothing has changed at all. So I, the next level for me is to keep working the flex, but with a better audience. And then probably Instagram. Like I'll just have to have a couple guys like DMing people to, to try and set up cool events that just have cooler people at them. That's like the only other next level because I'm, I'm gated by the. So here's what happens when you go out and meet people in the real world. Like I do, you are gated by people that come out to the real world. And I can tell you for a fact that the girls that you see on Instagram do not actually exist in the real world. But Richard, that's impossible. They're humans. No, nope, uh-uh, nah, no. Cause I go to the real world and I see who's in the real world and they are not there. And they've never been there. And like, you could pay your buddy an hourly wage to go sit at the Sephora store or whatever makeup store the, the, the fancy girls are going to and surveil and just keep a log of the hottest things he sees. <laughs> and you ain't going to find not even 10% of them girls you're seeing on Instagram. So it's, it's like there's a pocket <clears throat> of extremely beautiful people that do not go out into public. And I don't know whether they just mail order everything or what the deal is, but you will not have access to them in any normal human being's life. You you go to the restaurant, you go to the, sh- the shopping mall, you go to a club, you go to the laundromat, you will never, ever, ever see or meet that girl ever, not a single time. And so if, if you want to actually meet that person and interact with them, you're gonna have to wait, you're gonna have to find a way to do so virtually mm-hmm. or SWAT team raid. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and I'm not sure that second one's a good idea. So it, like you have to work the digital angle because I'm telling you, these people yes. aren't in the real world, period. Yep. Absolutely not in the real world. Yep. 
That's exactly what, what Myron and Fresh were talking about all the time. It's like you have to like spam approaches. You've got to be like like hitting every every angle, like every platform, every angle, every just basically doing it. it's it, they I mean they will they'll tell you it's a numbers game. I, you still have to have like a personality and no game once you've got the girl like live right in front of you. But I you know, I got one I got one more question for you is is um like is it hard for you to like turn off from all this is it like difficult for you because i've i've had this conversation with aaron clary before it's like we we kind of have this uh common problem where it's like if you watch like a movie for two hours you go god damn it two hours i could have used that two hours to go and like you know i don't know promote or do the next big thing right i could have used that time that i was watching you know a football game to go and and use it to to build my brand or something else is it like difficult for you to do that to get away to actually turn the shit off you in my experience you get get into habits mm-hmm. oh we're going out uh we're going out every night let's go every night let's do it oh we're not we're, we're like oh, we're working on a software now all right let's work on a software oh we're like we're spending money now let's buy everything and you just you just go and get into habits you know mm-hmm. um i'm still not actually used to spending money which is weird mm-hmm. I'm training to learn how to be okay with it. <clears throat> this like pay 10,000 an hour for private jets thing. I still hate it. I hate it. Hate it. Which is why I don't do very much. But uh, in theory, I really should. Like in theory, I should just only fly private period. And so like, it's, it's very, it's very hard for me to like <laughs> learn how to waste money. It's weird. I know, but like I'm 42, man. If I'm going to have a good life, it needs to be right now, immediately, mm-hmm. now. Yes. No more time to waste. I have to have a good life now. And so, you know, I, I, I should just learn how to be okay with being less capital efficient and, like, maybe getting worse deals, but but getting what I want now. Like, I can't, like, I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, $80 hotel room, <laughs> borrowed laptop, Chinese, you know. I paid, uh, I, think, I think I paid $100 for this ring light. Never used a ring light before. It looks okay. But I didn't light up the back. Back sucked anyway. Um, you know, like take my mom, right? How can I turn money into better health outcomes for my mom? And it is an extremely hard question to answer. I don't know who to write the check to. Mm-hmm. It really bothers me, you know? And I've had the kind of, I've been rich and retired for decades. And I've kind of always had this problem. And it's always ended up with like, buy you a bigger television. That was the most creative I could get. Here, dad, I have some Tony Robbins coaching. Here, mom, have a big TV. And I just could never transcend that, right? So now it's like have a big TV in a car. But it's not actually as creative as I wish. And I swear to God, it's like anyone could do that for their mom now without being rich at all. Have a big, have a car and a bigger TV is something almost anyone could do for their, well, I don't know, cars are kind of expensive now. But bigger TVs are not. Mm-hmm. Anyone could buy their mom a bigger TV now. It's just crazy that, you know, if you're rumored to be a billionaire, is this really how creative you are? Is that you're like, right. and then like, no matter where my mom lives, is there a better place? Should I move her somewhere else? But her family lives here. Like, I don't, I don't know, dude, this being really wealthy stuff is kind of like not as cool as I wish it was. 
those aspects that take a lot to getting used to. I remember when I got out of sort of the work a day gig economy and I started doing what I'm doing right now, it was like really difficult to like to justify like doing things. I'm like, I feel like I got like you get out one routine and then you kind of get into another and that that other routine is just like you feel like you're not doing enough in the new routine and you are. It's just that you're like it's just different from what you were used to. Before. I love that everyone always has more followers than you, no matter what you do. And yeah. Like, what the fuck <laughs> is, like why? Why does everyone always have more followers? Always. Mm-hmm. Am I that ugly? Like what? What? What the <laughs> f? I don't get it. Yeah, I uh, I was just uh, I was just in Lake Tahoe <laughs> with Jason Hartman, and and we were just taking the uh, the 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 wave runners out. And I had to like stop myself because I'm like, oh, this would make a really good Instagram moment. I'm like. I want to fucking be you in know the what, though, to man. do it. Am I doing it because I want an Instagram moment or am I doing it just because I want to have some I think, fun with the I guy? I think you should pull cool. the camera out. Pull the yeah. camera out. Screw that moment. Pull the camera out. Mm-hmm. I want more followers. <laughs> and I think this Instagram crap will work. And because I've never tried it yet, but I'm pretty sure it will work. And uh, and it scales, man. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like yes, you had fun, but isn't it so much better when you can share that experience with everyone with else? Everybody else, yeah. Like, so I was at a castle and we had Butler. And we had two drivers and we had, uh, you know, every imaginable thing, like a basketball sized basketball court sized indoor pool. And, you know, the chicks I brought were extremely hot. Um, and these are girls I hang out with. These are not like random casting call. Oh, just here, let me hire you to like come and hang out. Um, but like all of that stuff is so quickly forgotten and it becomes a blur. And in six months, I, w- I won't even remember that it happened because I'm focused on the next thing. But if I have that in my reel and Instagram, it, it will be more real for me. Like I'm focused so much on the future that I don't remember the past. And that kind of invalidates having a good past. It's useful if you've had a bad past to never look at it. But if you've had a good past as I've had recently for the last 10 or 20 years, you know, um, it would be better to remember it. So like, I would vote for doing what the girls are doing and take a picture of all your crap. And as long as it's not too high overhead or at least pay someone else to do it for you, I, I think having a documented awesome life that on ramps new people to the things that you care about and love and gives you a larger voice and, and makes your life matter more and increases your peer group and gives you more opportunity, gives them more opportunity. It just seems like so much win to me that like, as long as it's low overhead, like it's really not hard. Just pull out your camera and hit record. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Like I, I support it, man. And I think it's worked out for everybody in hacks. Like everybody that's become a, a, a personality in hacks and a streamer, like Gary's got a channel. Molly's got a channel. Everybody's got a channel. You know, I, I think it's been all upside really. Yeah. What's your guys' take on that? Like, have you enjoyed? I didn't even realize. Like, I, it took uh, fresh from my uh, from uh, fresh and fit. Like, I I had never leveraged my Instagram until he says, "Hey, man, you know, like all I do is you know post pictures of my greyhounds on there, right? And just like random stuff that's going on." He says, "You need to like really leverage this and like because people want to know like what you do when you're op- not on your channel or whatever. They want a, a, a sort of a, a backstage view as to like what's what your life is about." And I didn't really appreciate that until he showed me this. And he's he's like, you know, you can you follow, you can leverage it, of course, but it's really more about the engagement for like the overall engagement, I guess. You know, well, it's for, either watching you for free or wasting their money on OnlyFans. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe I'm saving guys from like you know spending four grand a month on an OnlyFans girl. If, if I didn't have operational security concerns, I would just tape everything. 
Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I got a new mail. Check this out. Oh, look, I'm eating this. Like, I would. Do you get recognized on commercial flights? Do you get recognized in the airport? I got one guy. One guy noticed me at the airport. Said that you made forty five grand on Hex. He said he sold the top. Maybe he did. Who knows? We'll see if it gets I have to up. speak to the game theory actually for a moment. Um, so I remember in 2020, uh, this event that's coded into Hex was called Big Payday. And I remember that we did a 24 hour stream. The Hex uh, community came together for 24 hours and live streamed for that entire period. And I remember at the end of that stream, uh, I felt like Dollar Cost had more knowledge about the game theory than I did, even though I was, you know, in the origin as well. And, uh, he actually helped me through advice to understand uh, end staking better and to basically reposition myself for a longer game. And I find that the past couple of years for me particularly has been, I want the new people to not just buy at a better price point or you know have some exit at the top and pay attention to chart or something like that. I really don't care about that as much. What I care about is I want them to learn from our mistakes. And dollar cost helped me reposition two years ago that set me on a better track. And so now as a retired guy, you know, I, I came out of retirement basically to be public, not to monetize a YouTube channel or anything like that. It really comes because I don't really care about any of that stuff. I care about the next wave doing better. Mm. Um, and I think that that's, that's very unique to the Hex product. You can talk, you know, till the cows come home about Bitcoin is going to be this, Ethereum is going to be this. Sodana, uh, Sodana is going to, you know, replace something else if you are a bag holder. And to me, that just seems to be priming the pump for the next group to buy at a higher price point from your position. But for Hex, because of the yield component and the, the truth engine staking ele element, you know, we've taught people to space out their, their ladder six months or one year instead of a few weeks and actually look at the the numbers and the and do the math uh, maybe dollar cost can comment on that because he really helped me a lot two years ago no I, uh <laughs> no for sure gary um i mean i mean back in the day i mean i was pretty famous for this where i, I stupidly uh i think we all did these kind of mistakes where i mean i had make i was making daily stakes for a while uh, not the best strategy. And then that made me kind of like, let me look at my strategy and overhaul everything and, and kind of start concentrating things out and everything. Um, there's, there was guys in the beginning of Hex where they, they were pretty much doing like, they were skipping years. So they were like speculating, putting all their money out, like, all right, I'm gonna put all my money out. I'm skipping 2024 and 2025 because I think that's going to be bear markets and I'm going to put it all in 27 and 29 <laughs> and stuff like that. And it was just, uh, you know, I just started pushing this whole thing of just having, making sure that you have a certain amount of hex coming out every single year. And then from there, um, maybe adding to it more, but it's just going more into heft, maybe one or two stakes a year for the most part for people. And then um, something that I've been doing for a lot of hexagons, especially OG hexagons, is kind of helping them out, and especially when they have a lot of hex come out to how to restructure that back in their staking ladder and stuff because um, it get it gets tough for some people because it becomes real it becomes a lot of money you know it's like like right now like right now is like the best time to be buying hex and staking it out because um, it doesn't matter it should just be hex hex one hex is one hex but um, if that hex costs forty cents versus four cents I mean the monitor it's a lot easier to do that those longer term you know stakes uh, you know ten plus year stakes out and stuff like now versus later on because it just you know, like you, they you kind of like like you kind of second guess yourself basically. Another point is uh, Richard built this product and launched it in December of 2019. 
Uh, and from that point on, yes, he's made commentary and he, he talks about uh, why the game theory was constructed the way it was, why security is the priority, why self-control, uh, you know, individual controlling their own keys matters. But so many products and applications and websites and front ends have been built by the community, like organically, like even without financial incentive to do so, just because the ecosystem thrives from the community participation, even though the product and Richard's design is three years old, you know, 100% uptime, mm. something that we can trust and we believe in and we a care lot, about. A lot, of, a lot of people do a better job promoting hacks and understanding it than I do, which is crazy because I invented it and pretty good at marketing things and selling things. So I think Maddie Allen uh, does a better job talking about giving yourself a gift in the future, like teleporting it through time using the time locking. I think there's guys that focus better on the share price mechanism and you know getting the best rate that you can for your T-shares and focusing on T-shares. I should focus a lot more on T-shares. I should focus a lot more on share price I mean, I don't think the other guys watching even know what a T-share is. That's my fault, you know? Um, so basically, a T-share is like a Bitcoin miner. You want to mint new Bitcoin, you must buy Bitcoin mining hardware to do it. You want to mint new hacks, you must have T-shares to do it. Okay, what are T-shares? You get your hacks, you lock it up. The longer you lock, the more shares you get. The larger you lock, the more shares you get. But longer counts a lot more than larger. Like a lot, lot more. And, uh, and so the earlier that you get in, the better, the more T-shares you get per hex base rate, and then that only goes up over time. So the amount of T-shares that you can get for a one-day stake only goes down over time. It will always get less forever. It will always be more expensive than hex terms forever, which is how we simulate compounding interest. So you always have more than the new guys for the same input because they always will get less. And so, you know, and then Kareem with his dream wallet, a lot of other guys have uh, visualized and, and seen other angles that are probably more effective than my own. You know, I tend to focus a lot on the price chart and everyone that's, you know, staked and locked up, they don't care what the price is right now. They don't even, they're not even liquid. You know, it's like they care, but like they don't really, really care. It's so, I, you know, I'm a, I would like to evolve and, and get better and showing the nuances and intricacies and wonderful design, much of it that was on purpose, and some of it was really great luck. No, oh. well, guys, we can do a better job selling Ethereum than Vitalik too. <laughs> we've, Vitalik we've been at this for it. we've been at this for uh, two and a half hours. Uh, I think maybe we should tie it up right now. Um, but before we do, uh, I, I kind of like to go around the horn here and see what like you're going to be doing in the future here. So uh, I, let's. I guess we can start with Miguel. Miguel, what's what do you have planned? What's going on next for you? And, and what do we, I know you're doing your your uh, cultivate crypto. Yeah. So I've got the crypto mindset course starts tomorrow. Uh, we're we're teaching at least about four to five hundred new people in in the crypto space, and we're going to teach them all about hex and everything like that. We're going to do a cut, like over three webinars, almost like twelve hours of of live in in, con in person content, and uh, it's all pre it's all recorded as well and stuff like that. And so I'm super excited to get that started. I'm pretty much going to be MIA for about two weeks, just teaching up the next yeah. crop of uh, crypto mindset <laughs> alumni and stuff. So it's going to be awesome. If you guys want to get involved in that, I've got my link down below in the uh, in the description there, so you guys can uh, get involved. I think it, like this is like the last day. I'm, I'm I always get in. I yeah, always, get always in the last day. Yeah. So yeah. So if you guys right. want to. 
want to jump in. Um, and then you and I are going to be going to Vegas and looking for a building. I remember yes. something like that. Something like that. Yeah, we're going to be looking for a building. And, and you know, I mean, one thing I am really proud to say is like, you know, um, through through like the crypto mindset courses and stuff. You know, we've onboarded maybe like five thousand people into Hex. Mm. Just the course wow. alone, so, so I'm really happy about that. And like that's staking hexagons, not just like holding hex, like staking, mm. you know, like real real hexagons, man. So I'm super proud of that. Yeah. Gary, what's going on with you? What do you got coming up in the future? Oh, unmute Gary's yourself. Yeah, I got you. Uh, unmute yourself. You I go. don't make as much uh, online content as I had in the past uh, in the origin years. Now, basically, if I know somebody that. You know, they, they have a couple million dollars worth of Bitcoin miners and they're curious about uh, Hex specifically. Then I'll fly out to where they're at in the world and then I educate them about the process of onboarding, participating, what staking means, their responsibilities, all those sorts of things. So I, I basically just volunteer. I don't charge anything to do so. It's at my expense. And I've been doing that from basically the past eight or nine months. Uh, so I've maybe I've been in 10 or 12 countries, uh, lots of places in the world. So in the coming year, it's the same thing. If somebody has significant influence, it's one of the reasons, uh, you know, networking with Rolo and with a different group, you know, is worthwhile is because it's, it's I care about the product being known. The, the biggest challenge about Hex is it's not known. It's free viral. It's something that most people in crypto don't know about Hex or they have a preconceived notion about it that just isn't factually true. So I really only deal with high net worth or uh, high influence kind of people. And that's, you know, all volunteerism. That's my role. Excellent. Excellent. Rocky, what, what are we doing next week? Rocky, what are we doing on Monday? Uh, so Mr. Tomasi is going to be coming to shit fuck town, Connecticut, where I'm located <laughs> and we are going to be doing a lot of content, shooting some stuff for his book. And uh, I got to deliver a lot of books that Rolo has signed and sent me for some of our utilities. I got a lot of work with Miguel and Rolo coming up and then yeah, red pill lines, NFT, you can check out our website, redpilllines.com. Join our discord to be a part of our community. We got a lot of cool shit going on in there. A lot of cool people in there. So uh, yeah. And then making more music for people. Asking, uh, there's new fellas music coming on the way, and that's about it. Yep, and the next and our next project will be tagged to Pulse Chain. Yes, yeah, I want to know. I want, I definitely want to know what you're doing next. World's largest free airdrop, pulsechain.com. Hope it comes soon. You're gonna love it. Everyone loves free money. You can save the environment. No more blowing up the environment for consensus network and deflation. No inflation at all. Coins only get more rare. They can only get burnt. 25% of the fees get burnt. Uh, free books, t.me slash Scivive. Got one called Scivive and then one called Fix the World. And then uh, Hex.com, good dip currently. I think it's five cents now. Uh, it was 56 and a half, eight months ago, something like that. Follow me, Instagram.com slash Richard Artificial. I got a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I got a, probably a Netflix documentary coming out end of the year. But we'll see. Netflix has to buy it. It is amazing production value. It's an amazing story. So we'll see who picks it up. But someone will pick it up. And it should be up before the end of the year. Free books. Free videos. Free coins. I think that's it, man. Like, I'm here to save your guys' lives. Not your keys. Not your coins. Hold, you know, put, put yourself in charge of your own financial future. And bear market's a great time to, to acquire positions. Yeah. Excellent. 
well, what am I going to be doing tomorrow? I will be on Rule Zero. It's going to be on Paul Paul Benjamin's channel, just so everybody knows. That's coming up tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I'll be on there. I'm sure Ryan will be there. I think John from Modern Life Dating and some other people, like the reg- our regular crew, will be on. So that's tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Of course, my show is Sundays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And uh, then after I'm done with that, I jump on a plane on Monday and I fly out to bumpfuck uh, Connecticut <laughs> to hang out with the Savo brothers so just watch for that my midweek show will be from god connecticut uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you guys can see but it's fun i have a good time with you i have a good time with you guys so uh so that's what i got going on and uh also be sure to check out uh jason hartman's the jason hartman stuff that i've, I've been doing on on instagram he's a good dude i spent uh, about gosh what three four days in in tahoe with him i'll also be b- back in tahoe on 20 the 21st to the 28th i'm starting to do some like you know just some quick hit videos there i'll be there with justin waller uh the last week of august which is coming up as well and then um i think that's it for right now so uh guys uh it has been a my pleasure um rich thanks for coming on man i really appreciate you coming. i really man, i gotta get i gotta get you solo sometime just so we can just sort of talk yep, about like, true. You know, personal shit so yep. i think it'll be kind of fun I'll, I'll, I'll definitely uh work that out so we we can do a, a one-on-one sometime soon but, All right. but, I'm, but i'm glad your mom's okay and uh looking Got forward it. to seeing what you're doing in the future but guys thanks so much for this and uh and then uh with the uh the video by the way uh rich i'll make sure i download and get to you as well appreciate it bro Got it. all right fellas thanks a lot and we'll see